I want to do a whole episode that's watching Rudy Giuliani that's watch tonight. That's what we'll the do. New York Yankees. You have to see the video, though. This so is amazing. I will make sure that there's video of this in the show notes. A podcast that definitely doesn't have a childhood best friend turning 40 years old today. Nope. That would be impossible and ridiculous because this podcast is, of course, perpetually 27 years old, child-free, and with its whole entire life in front of it, full of vim, vigor, and all sorts of other things that Anthony Kiedis probably raps about on the new Chili Peppers record. My name is Bob, sitting across the way from my good friend and co-host... That's Abe. How you doing tonight, Abe? Doing well, Bob. Yeah, here we are. Lori's here, too. How you doing, Lori? I'm fine. Lori's fine. Lori's not 40 yet. That's for goddamn sure. Today is Wednesday, October 19th, 2022. Happy birthday to Brian out there, if you're listening. 40 fucking years old. My childhood Look best friend that. turning 40 makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, it's uh it's it's an achievement, you know? Still alive. Yeah. Technically. <laughs> You're not 40 yet, are you? Abe? Yeah. Yeah, in a couple of months I'll also be 40. No. Uh, it's not no, that that's, bad. That's a lie. You're 27, 28 years old, starting your first, <laughs> your second or third year down there at the IRS? When, uh, when I was younger, uh, when I was like 25 or whatever, I knew that the youth was wasted on me. So right. the older I get, the better I feel. Because like, okay. I think, I never feel bad about being 39. But when I was like 22, I was like, I'm really doing nothing. I'm just putzing okay. around. Just- you, like this works for you. Yeah, like it's like I mean, this I is guess more that we my could vibe. say the same thing. Not even watching volleyball when you were 22 years old. <laughs> <Yes>. never, <laughs> never mind playing it. A client of mine today, I forget exactly how it came up, but she goes, "Oh, you guys are so young," referring to me and Bob. And I was like, "No, we aren't young. Like we are gonna be 40." And she was like, "Yeah, I guess that's not young." Like she was like, I'm 60. It's like, yeah, sure. But you remember when you were 40? Right. You weren't yeah. young. She was right. like, yeah, it's, right. It's not. You're right. You're but, not young. Right. Everything is relative. I, I actually, I remember my limited uh, memory recall. I remember the year or two after college, I felt older because, like, I think six months after I graduated from Georgia, I was still in Athens. And I was like, ah, oh, feel old just being here. But like, it's—I guess it is very relative. This, uh, yeah. How well, my old kids are, you really? are. My kids turn ten and eight here in the next couple of weeks. And when I think back to my brother and I being ten and eight years old, my parents were only—they were thirty-two at that point. Right. So like, I'm significantly older than my parents <laughs> were relative right. to their children. You know, relative to me. Right. But I don't feel like. Imagining my dad at forty, my dad seemed so old to me when I when yes. when he when he was forty. They were so much older 
We're so much younger than our parents. Right. I mean, he's. You guys are all old. The all old, you parents who listen to this are old. The old ones, they haven't aged much in the last like 15 to 20 years. Like they're very right. much to me sort of stuck in this perpetual middle age. Yeah, my parents aren't old yet still. Unlike like right. your your parents are fucking old already, right? Right. Like, my my dad had me his fourth, like my current age at 39. Mm-hmm. So it's right. like he was my fucking age when ridiculous. he had me. So yeah. Anyway, so, Brian's 40. Anyway, yeah. Brian's fucking 40. I haven't texted him yet, as is my want and my Oh, the scheme again? <laughs> and my mandate. Oh. I will not text <laughs> you. Until the last possible moment. He's probably sleeping. He's old. Yeah, he probably fell asleep watching the fucking Yankees like Rudy Giuliani live streaming the <laughs> live streaming the Yankees Astros game. That's an amazing clip. Hey, we'll get maybe we'll check back in Rudy in on Rudy periodically throughout. I guess we should explain that. So we almost didn't do the podcast tonight because we could have instead just what? together gathered around the uh, digital hearth here and watched <laughs> watched Rudy Giuliani watch the Yankees game and do very bad live radio commentary of what he thinks is happening on a small screen in front of his face and not not really being sure exactly what's happening until he sees the replay three times. Right. And but he- since we're not watching the game, we're not sure what's happening at all. Right. So it's way better than this is about to be. Yeah. I was trying to get ready for the show, and I was just like scrolling through Twitter, and all of a sudden there's Rudy Giuliani on my feed in the middle of a live video about what's happening in the Yankees game, and I was utterly captivated. I, I sent three tip emails to various sport websites to make sure that all of my favorite uh, <laughs> websites were aware that this was that this was going on. I don't want it to be missed. And then I just sat back and enjoyed it. Two tip count on Judge Verlander. So Verlander has not shaved today. I guess that's part of his, uh, you know. You know how uh, that that's a ground Why ball to short. He's very soft in the short, really. Throw to first, and we have now two out. You know, justice goes down that bad really, really fast. And I'm going to tell you, he reminds me of no other than Derek Jeter, who no matter what, I mean, that was an out. He hit the ball softly. He had to know it was an out. You just feel it on the bat on that one. It wasn't hit softly enough that he could have beaten it out. Um, but he knew, a, he knew an infield. But he took off like a bat out of hell, and he, he didn't almost beat it out, but he almost beat it out. <laughs> That's a ball. See, you just love a ball player like that. And I'd like to see Boone train every Yankee to do that. I think every guy doesn't run it out. He gets one warning, then he gets fined, then he gets benched. Then we get rid of him. We're playing baseball here. We're not, we're not playing, you know, watch the ball so we can enjoy ourselves. Boy, the consumer driving the content. Like, hey, cover this tomorrow. <laughs> when That's I wake right. up, there better be a recap. Uh, speaking of the digital hearth, 
we had a situation this past weekend uh, where there was a Braves game on. There was going to be a Georgia game on at the same time as the Braves game. And there was another important SEC football game on at right. the same time. The Alabama-Tennessee right. game was on. And Lori earlier in the week had said, uh, what are we going to do about the fact that there's going to be multiple things that we want to watch at the same time? I was referring only to the football, by the way. Right. right. I assumed that she was correctly referring to the fact that I was going to be watching the Braves baseball game, a playoff game, and then also there would be football on. Because ultimately, we're talking about Georgia Vanderbilt. If there's only one thing to watch, we have to watch the Braves playoff and game. And I was prepared to remove myself from, here's the problem. What I hate is switching channels. Okay. Especially now that we're on YouTube TV. So... It's not just press enter like the old days. Right. Like you just press yeah. enter and you can, you know, toggle between two channels. Right. That was kind of fine. But it's such yeah. a process to yeah. get to the press, other channel. Yeah. Right. And it, it there's that thing. And yeah, what, it's so, like watching Red Zone. Like I hate Red Zone. Yeah, so yeah. that is more similar to Red Zone. What right. I want to do is sit down and watch a football game. So yes. I was prepared to remove myself from the situation, go to the bedroom where we have a TV and have the Georgia game on the TV and then stream the Tennessee game on the computer okay. away from my loved ones. This is yes. uh, slightly neither uh, – not really part of this conversation. But why isn't there – a simple one button last channel. Like, yes, it's, yes. It's like the most important feature on any standard remote control is the previous channel button. You just it's one button and it just automatically goes to the other thing. And right. there's like there's not even an interface like as part of the if you're watching YouTube TV, you can hit the down button on your on your thing and it will bring up a list of a bunch of shit that you've watched recently. But there's no just right. one hit the button and go back to the last thing. That's thing. true. You can't do anything with you can't change a channel with one button with these uh, no. streaming things. Right. Like You have no. to do at least two. And it has to be like the channel right next to it, like to bring up the UI. No. Right. But I think the cool even thing, then, when you're watching yeah. YouTube TV on your computer. If yeah. you scroll down a little bit, you can see the other channels and where they are in the broadcast. Right. So that's right. cool. Right. Actually, you're right. That I, it's a, the experience of YouTube TV is much better on the computer, which is not how I consume YouTube no. TV. Because you're right. You can view other things while you're still watching the it's main cool. thing. And you can – yeah. I have yeah. to imagine that that's because that's like incredibly easy to standardize where like it's just like they're building a website. Yeah, it's Whereas a website. When, when they're building something that has to go on to like a dozen different streaming platforms or what have you, it's a different process. No, it's not surprising. I think everything is easier to use on a computer. Like every – like Netflix and all the things I think are easier right. to use and better to use on the computer where, yeah, you have a website. Anyway, uh, anyway, we had a problem. We were approaching this deadline, and it was a problem. And it occurred to me that there's only one rational solution, and it's just to buy another fucking TV and more TVs. Stick it in the living room. <laughs> Always the solution. So after after the baseball game on Saturday, the children, the, the children's, ch the children's baseball, baseball, game. baseball game, which we had on Saturday morning, I uh, just went to Costco and like I know like. I'm not saying it's cheap. $300 is a big pile of money. But like the fact that some many, many, many years ago when I bought a TV 
for our first apartment, Lori and I's uh, first apartment. That was like a $300 TV, and it was this monstrosity. We still have it. CRT, big cathode ray tube television. Critical race theory? No, cathode ray tube CRT. So that's what that stands for. Yeah, anytime you hear uh, your local Republican idiot (laughs) complaining about CRTs in schools, what they're talking about is those big giant dollies that they had that they push around the schools and they cause great harm because they're like fucking seven and a half feet tall they've got these humongous televisions on them which weigh like 150 pounds and vcrs and they're just shoving them through hallways causing great harm to small children it's, it's, i understand well, why people my are upset about now. it i'm yeah. for their cause now <laughs> all makes sense anyway talk yeah. more about tvs anyway that television like that was a significant expenditure back when I bought that in 2006 yes. or whatever. Like it felt like a lot of money, $300. And it the same $300. Well, a slightly different $300. Well, whatever, but it's $300 now, which with inflation is like uh, $45 back in 2007 or something like that, right? I don't know. I, I didn't not- do the math. But you go to Costco and for $300, I got this beautiful 43-inch 4K TV. That I can set up as a secondary TV in my room and with a $35 dongle, the, the Chromecast dongle, you know, it does everything that I need it to do. Like, Why wouldn't you have just a spare TV that you can cart right. up and throw in the other room uh, when you need one when, when they're that cheap? I've been talking about this all week at work when everyone says – when anyone's like, what's new? I'm like, oh, I will tell you what's new. <laughs> I think that my life is like 15 to 20 percent better now. Yes. On Saturdays. Like, during the week, it doesn't make a difference. Right, we're not going to keep it in the living room It either. doesn't live there. Like, it's just a rare thing. Because right now, it's down here in the podcasting room. And I'm looking at Abe's giant face just right in front nice. of me. So I got it hooked up uh, for the for the Google Meet here. But I would say I'm 15 to 20% happier overall. Here's the best part. TV. I pull into our house. I pull up, pull up to our house and... Um, I'm unloading the car because I picked up some groceries and other stuff while we were at Costco. And as I'm coming back out of the house, I look across the street and I see on the at the end of the driveway of our of our across the street neighbors is a an old looking wooden table, and there's a little piece of paper on it and taped to it. It says free. And I was oh. like, oh, that's, that's weird. And so I, I go across the street and I look at this table, and I realize it is exactly the right size for my new television that I've just bought. So like within, within like as though like the universe saw what I had yes. done. I had gone to Costco and bought my family a fucking fourth television for I some reason. It, yeah. Right. And, and, and brought it to my house and the universe was like, you have done good, you did, my you son. Did the right thing. And so here I will provide you with, this perfectly sized television table for that that the TV can I live was on now. Doing other kid shit at the time. I've said before, there's nothing I'd rather pay for than air conditioning. Just below it is television. Like yes. it's it's very close. <laughs> um, I was out of the house. I didn't get home until about three thirty. I walk in the living room. There's two TVs. And I was like, oh, what's this? And I looked at the table and I was like, you didn't spend money on a table, did you? Like Nope. No. The universe provided. <laughs> That's right. The great bog above saw what I needed wow. and put it right in front of me. 
Nice. But you're right. Uh, t- televisions are uh, remarkably cheap considering everything else is getting more expensive. And, and, and others, uh, it just retains its price. Like a lot of these microphone stands and mixers and whatever, it's like doesn't matter when it is, it'll cost a lot of money or it'll cost the same money as it did like 10 years ago. And it's the same yeah. product. Right. But with TVs, what did you say? 4K? Look at that. Yeah. I didn't know there were that many Ks. 4K uh, I TV? still have my TV from like 13 years ago. Do you still and, have uh, that fucking TV? Yeah, it's the same because uh, somebody sent me, a, I guess uh, the last person who visited that, this passive aggressive move of uh, sending me links to newer TVs. Like, uh, <laughs> wasn't satisfied with uh, the quality product that I had. We still here. have the TV you bought me. Yeah, we still have, but that was a. Abe does not. I mean, what is that? You probably have it like a 720. Ooh, a Dynex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not too far off from a Dynex. But yeah, it's like an LG. It's fine. It's like 40 something. Uh, but like uh, the big leaps in technology to me, it's like, you know, TV, black and white to color, big jump, you know, the fat two TVs to the thinner ones, big jump. And I'm waiting for the next big jump, you know, no, like my eyes. Get- when you finally get in, you're going to get a 65-inch TV at like 4K, 65-inch TV. It'll cost you like 450 or $500, and you're going to be blown the fuck away, and you're going to be so <laughs> mad at yourself that you waited these all these many years for literally no reason. It, it's not right. as though you don't have the disposable income to blow right. <laughs> on a new t- television. But also, it's, it's not like I am ignorant of what good quality visual, whatever it is. I go to Dolby screen at the new AMC thing every Thursday and I'm like, oh, this is really nice. And then I come home to my shitty TV and I'm totally fine. Like, it's not like, oh, I should do something about it's like, my audio. It's not like you're like, what's and... the difference? It looks yeah. the same. Yeah, but it's like yeah. two minutes into whatever you're watching, you're just like, all right, this is my world now. It's fine. Yeah. Anyway, I do feel sort of gross about it, obviously. I mean, no, no. <laughs> there's no need for this extra no, television at all. No, we needed it. The other right. option also, was to try to get one of the TVs mounted to the wall off the wall. Yeah, that would have been the other thing. Is that the other TVs are mounted to the wall. I would have had to dismount them from the wall and move them into the living room. It's no, another, big more hassle. TVs. It's ne- also, we, after the kids go to bed or whenever we want, can play video games on one TV and watch the football on the other TV. Right. Again, life is better. This is yes. this is better in every way. It solves a lot of problems. It's great. And it's not like it, it didn't come at a steep cost either. It's like that's no. a pretty good uh, exchange right there. Yeah. Now, what was on the television was much less pleasant, it must be said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Braves game did not go well. No, it did not. But this, uh, I really do think the the, the baseball, uh, the Major League Baseball needs to do something about this format. Like, it is reducing to nothing the regular season. Like, what is the point of playing all of these games and having the 111-win Dodgers and the 101-win Braves? And the 101-win Mets? Yes. Uh, who And those two, te- one, two of those three teams were like, Fighting just to like, okay, I'm going to be the division winner and fuck you guy. You're going to be the wild card or whatever. And then they both like lose. And, like, right. And that's what, I'll, what like I will remember from this season is how awesome that last weekend of the season was. Is how great it was to have the Mets come into 
Atlanta and need just one win to give them a chance to stay in the division hunt and then to sweep their asses. Like that was the best. That's the highlight of the season. It's what I'll remember from the season. I will forget as quickly as possible the stupid five-game series against but the hated Phillies. how is it Phillies. different than like every other sports league like so this is how playoffs well, so go. this this is actually a thing uh, that has been studied by people and i'll make sure there's a link to this in the show notes because i'm not going to get into the whole thing now but so the nba apparently this has been and again i don't know the entire methodology here this is a 50 page paper i only read i mean i i probably read like 25 pages of this stupid thing uh the but, important pages right what it comes down to is they were trying to figure out with what frequency does a sports league's playoffs result in the best, the objectively best team uh, winning the championship, right? That's what they were trying to right. figure out. Right. And they figured out that the best one by far is the NBA. That having a seven-game series in the NBA results in the best team winning that series and therefore ultimately winning the championship far more often than any other any of the other sports. The NFL isn't actually isn't too bad because they're one-off games, but it's only a 17-game season. And so yeah. a single game actually represents a fairly significant chunk of the entire season, which means that you can prove or disprove how good you are over the course of one game. And it, and it doesn't really matter if you play – like if you were to play the same game three times, it, the outcomes aren't going to be drastically different every single time. Right. Right. Uh, the long and the short of it is that apparently in order to get the same level of parity to in order to get the same correct outcome of the best team wins in uh, Major League Baseball, you would have to play 75 game series in the playoffs in, oh, order, wow. <laughs> in order for it to equal <laughs> how frequently the NBA ends up crowning. The, the correct, like the correct, quote unquote, champion. Correct, yeah, basically, like it, it mirrors what that team did during the. They were like the best team over a large sample size, and then they were the best team, or they had lasted everyone else in this shorter sample. Uh, right, shorter. The but the one thing that people say about the NBA is that, like, oh, the playoffs go on for fucking forever. And it's like, well, yeah, they do, uh, but it's and as a percentage of the regular season, they seem to go on for a very long time as well. But that's because that they're it's a big long tournament trying to figure out who the actual best team. Is baseball the beauty? As I, I say it all the time, the beauty is how often you get to do it, and the, it's always been the case that the playoffs were kind of a crapshoot. And at least when you just used to have uh, pennant winners, you would get the two best teams in the league, and they would play a seven-game series, and you could say one of the two best teams in baseball won the World right. Series that year, no right. matter what. Right. You can't Even say that it, anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, right now, and, basically. Just the hottest team at the right time is the World Series champ, right? Just right. if you're it's hot like, it's during like, this period. The Stanley Cup, I guess, is like that too. So I think the NHL also does a pretty good job, uh, relatively speaking. Like Baseball is by far the worst, apparently, okay. out of the four major sports. Baseball is just a complete clusterfuck because of the fact that you play 162 regular season games and then it all comes down to what happens over the course of a three or a five or a seven game series. Right. And it's just, it it's just not. I mean, you you know, you listen to some Braves fans who get salty about this, and like I understand it that you feel like your team chokes all the fucking time because you've been a Braves fan your entire life, and throughout the '90s and the 2000s they were a really awesome team that made the playoffs every year and always seemed to wash out. 
with uh, two notable exceptions uh, in 1995 and last year as well. But you just can't overstate what a total fucking crapshoot it is, and especially in the wild card era and and moving into now when they've expanded the playoffs again, it's just not you do not get a good representation of. So why did they do it? Who the best team is, because they just they want a more exciting playoffs. They're getting what they want. They're getting well, anybody can win. I don't win. know about that. Like marquee teams like the Dodgers not making it through. And instead, sure. I mean, the Yankees are going to be there. A 15 game, no score game, a 15 inning, no score game is not exciting. I disagree. That was fun. It's cool. (laughs) Did you want to have watched the whole time? It's cool once you get to 15 innings. Right. It's not fun. Yeah, word association, uh, fun and, and exciting. I wouldn't use those two words, but maybe tense. What do we want to talk about tonight? Don't know. As we mentioned a few weeks ago, there was this article in The Atlantic. It was called The End of the Internet, and I'll make sure there's a link to that as well in the show note at brainiron.com. And what it comes down to is that Texas passed a law that sort of ends the Internet as we know it if uh, it is going to be upheld. And uh, as of now, it it has been. So the, the, I forget which circuit it is, the Fifth Circuit maybe which uh, has jurisdiction over parts of Texas and Louisiana and some other state down there in the Deep South, upheld this law, and we're going to see it before the Supreme Court before too long. Yes, it was the Fifth Circuit, by the way. The case is called Net Choice v. Paxton. And uh, sum up, earlier this month, the court upheld a preposterous Texas law stating that online platforms with more than 50 million monthly active users in the United States no longer have First Amendment rights regarding their editorial decisions. Put another way, the law tells big social media companies that they can't moderate the content on their platforms. YouTube purging terrorist recruitment videos? Illegal. Twitter removing a violent cell of neo-Nazis harassing people with death threats? Sorry, that's censorship, according to Andy Oldham, a judge of the United States Court of Appeals and the former general counsel to Texas Governor Greg Abbott. And that is sort of the short of it. The long of it has to do with Section 230 and how the Internet is regulated by the federal government and how much control states should be expected to have over what goes on on the Internet uh, within the borders of their state. Elsewhere in the article, if the case ends up before the Supreme Court, many of the justices would have to decide against their priors in order to uphold the Texas law. Specifically, Kavanaugh would need to directly contradict his opinion in Manhattan Community Access Corp. versus Halleck, a case where Kavanaugh clearly argued that private forums have First Amendment rights to editorial discretion. It's Interesting to me, on the one hand, because in this case, we have a bunch of obnoxious right-wingers from the state of Texas, Republicans saying that it should be illegal for Facebook or Twitter or any of these major social media platforms to do any content moderation whatsoever, and that, that anything that resembles content moderation where you're saying that this particular thing cannot be shared on our platform – that that is considered censorship, that that is a violation in some way of the individual constitutional rights of the person who is attempting to post it, seems to me to be in direct contravention of most other 
conservative, deeply held conservative right. beliefs about how right. government should be interfering in the private business of or the, the sort of contractual situation between an individual and a corporation, right? Because that's sort of what it comes down to. I'm a person who wants to use this service and I have an arrangement with Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whoever. And now they want Texas to be able to come in and get in between that relationship in some way. Whereas you would think that I'm just free to not post on Twitter or Facebook rather than Facebook or Twitter being compelled to broadcast my speech. I'm not sure how this makes any sense in any sort of constitutional way. Right. And, yeah. and it, do, it does I, appear like the Supreme Court, as this article points out, as currently constituted, the Supreme Court would have some trouble upholding this law. Now, a couple of points here, because the first one is a question, I guess, because my understanding, this is sort of besides the point, but my understanding of these internet, the, the servers that are propping up the internet, uh, like it, it, isn't it like it had to be in that state for you to have jurisdiction? Basically, my question is a jurisdictional one. Like if this law uh, went through the courts and somehow it was upheld and it went into effect, how could they actually do anything about anything? Like how can they, like in the state of Texas could tell Facebook, which is you know, a multinational in Cal company. In California. In right. California primarily. But like, like, how would that even work? Like, I don't even understand how, setting aside the absurd argument, like, how would that even actually work? Like, is this just like, we just want to raise this issue so that, you know, we can complain about something, just one more grievance? I don't uh, know. I assume that they would have some, some sort of financial mechanism for like how they, how Texas or rather how these social media companies are able to collect revenue from people in Texas or something along those lines. Right. I don't know what the enforcement mechanism would be. Uh, okay. But my guess is that it has, some, it has something to do with that. Or that ultimately, if Facebook or Instagram or, 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 or Twitter or whoever feel that they are exposed in a legal liability sense, they simply would not allow anyone who lives in Texas to use their service any longer, right? Right. Like that's yeah. that's the way easier thing to do if you're Facebook or any of these other companies is you just turn Facebook off inside the right. state of Texas. Uh, and yeah, that's a big old whatever it is, 30 million people now who are no longer part of your customer base. But when you have uh, 2 billion customers, yeah, you, you can – yeah. Right. And ultimately, that's just going to piss off the people of Texas enough, presumably. And they're not going to be mad at Facebook at that point. They're going to be mad at their legislators. And eventually, right. uh, likely, the legislators would, would have to find a way to give. So the second point I was going to make, or at least the point, the first one was just the question, but like the argument seems to be that uh, you know, and they wrote it in such a way where it's 50 million users and above, so it's not going to be any small websites or whatever. They're basically targeting these social media websites that some conservatives are having issues with because they post some ridiculous stuff sometimes and whatever. Uh, to say nothing of the fact that most of the conservatives' complaints about these social media companies are ridiculous because <laughs> Facebook is an absolute haven for right-wing ideology and ideas and the spread of – like Trump used Facebook to great effect in the last couple of elections. Like there's no – it's just like their complaints are, are completely in opposition to reality. But that's sort of beside the point here. Right. So if, again, uh, if the argument is like I should be able to go on a privately held but very popular platform 
and just take a dump all over it by my comments. I can say vile things. I can say whatever, right? Just say the dumbest, nastiest things, and it's my right, and you have to allow me because you allow other people to say, I don't know, something else, right? Could then those companies that sue you for damages, because this is a privately owned company, and the damage is incurred by your post and they have to host your vile post. And then some a bunch of people, there's a campaign and they said, fuck this website and you lose some money. Could somebody be sued in Texas for fucking up their money, right? Or do they want it both ways? Where they, We want the protection to where you can't sue me for fucking up your website, right. but you have to allow me to fuck up your website. Like It seems like it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I think it it ultimately will come down to the fact that this is a Supreme Court. There are plenty of complaints, I suppose, about the Roberts Court, although I have a great deal of sympathy for John Roberts. I think he's been a pretty good chief in a very, very difficult time for the Supreme Court these last couple decades. But if there's anything that you could say what the Roberts Court has been about, uh, aside from sort of judicial deference to the other two branches of government, like a a willingness to say this is Congress's job and not something that we want to uh, take over. And and that's something that comes up a lot in in Robert's decisions. It has been a willingness to take a very expansive view of what the First Amendment is and who it applies to, including various corporations, and where it applies in both public and private life, whether it's the Citizens United case that people, I think, I've always thought that people sort of misunderstand the core point of the Citizens United thing, which is that, yeah, it feels bad that corporations get to spend a whole bunch of money. But when you go back and you actually look at how much money is being spent by corporations relative to individuals in electoral politics, it's a drop in the fucking bucket. For all of the complaints about how we're going to be bought by corporations because of the Citizens United ruling, largely money is accumulated in 20 and $25 drips and drabs by these political organizations and not by Walmart stepping in and piling a whole bunch of money into something. Uh, right. Walmart doesn't have to do that. <laughs> they they can lob, they they have other forms of spending their money to influence government policy. It's not trying to come up with dark money ads or something like that. Uh, right, just bribe directly the politician. Right, they don't need to go through the <laughs> the route of. I mean, right. Citizens United was about uh, whether or not it was okay for somebody to make a fucking movie about an election coming up, like an, an upcoming election. Uh, fun- like if you just tear it down to its foundations, it was about whether or not it's acceptable for a movie to be distributed shortly before an election. And it's like, well, of course it, like, this is America. What the right. fuck are you talking about? Why? Wasn't the sticking point, like, it was, like, within a certain window? Like, there was some sort of window that... Right, 60 days or 90 days or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I mean, that, and and then you go and you look at the the gay wedding cake cases that made their way up to the Supreme Court. Right. Uh, where a person's right to free expression, the, the Roberts Court believes that it's so sacrosanct that you can't force someone to use their speech in the production of a wedding cake in right. that way, right? Like that, the, the Roberts Court is a very consistent and expansive view of the First Amendment. And I don't think there's any reason to worry that once this gets to the Supreme Court, that this law in Net Choice v. Paxson would be upheld. Right. I think you're right. Although uh, this is related only through the First Amendment 
lens, but in Florida, isn't there something similar where professors don't have all of their First Amendment rights? Basically, they're supposed to, you know, the, the curriculum is made, and that's basically your playbook, and you just got to run the play. So you can't exercise your First Amendment rights to speech during lessons, and that was upheld through like a narrow, well, not the professors, but at least teachers, I think. Basically, teachers don't have... So the state of Florida wants to insist that university employees have the same limited rights that high school employees do. Right. Public, that, public universities. That, right. That, that pe- Not the someone, Christian ones. The Christian ones are fine. Someone teaching at the University of Florida, teaching a history 101 class, like, you know, American History 101, has the same extremely limited First Amendment rights as somebody teaching a sex ed class in a high school in Gainesville, right? And that's not really ever been figured out before. And and this is a, a new argument by the state of Florida that there is a sense that, that what it comes down to is that there is no such thing as academic freedom at the collegiate level if this is a person who is a state employee and therefore an agent of the state. It's a disaster for anybody working in the humanities or the – I mean – and or extend it Science? anybody working in the sciences like you're going to now allow the state legislature of Florida effectively to determine what the curriculum is of your organic chemistry class at, right. at the University of Florida like that it's like obviously completely fucking unacceptable and I'll right. I'll make sure there's a couple I, we're not going to do a great job of explaining exactly what this is about but but that's what it comes down to is the state of Florida is arguing in court right now that there is no effective First Amendment right for a professor teaching a class at any state-affiliated university in the state of Florida. But how will they explain away? So, like, first of all, we have compulsory K-12 through education. Right. Also, you have to pay for college. Right. But if you're getting if a significant chunk of the funding, it's the same stupid argument that people make about, like, NPR or PBS or what have you, this idea that because— the state is funding it in some meaningful way that it has to be neutral or it has to there shouldn't be any sort of partisan valence to it whatsoever also the idea that there is a partisan valence to anything that happens in a philosophy yeah. or a or like a who right. says there is chemistry class is fucking that? ridiculous yeah but but as as ridiculous as that is i i think the texas law is too stupid and i don't, I don't have any concerns about that going anywhere this Florida law is the right amount of stupid. Like, I think I wouldn't be surprised if I woke up one day and my little notification said, oh, Supreme Court said, totally fine. Florida professors can do shit or whatever. Like, that would not surprise me. Right, which is a problem. Like, I I mean, to be clear, and and for some reason this has been kicking around in my head with in relation to what's going on in – Iran with the the protests against the the government there, the death of this uh, Masa Amini. I don't know how to say her name, and that's no. uh, my fault, no doubt. This young it's lady because who of was, your white supremacy. Yes, obviously, was arrested for not <laughs> correctly wearing uh, hijab in public. She was arrested by the morality police, which is a thing there, and got some sort of a rough ride or rough treatment by the police and ends up having a traumatic heart attack or brain injury or something along those lines. It's not entirely clear. 
because, of course, you're not getting a great deal of transparency from the morality police, the people who arrested her. They say that she had a – they made up some bullshit about a a previous condition that she had since she was a child, which her family insists is entirely bullshit. But there's apparently a leaking of her medical documents after she died, and it appears that she had some sort of uh, stroke, cerebral hemorrhage of some sort as a result of having been beaten by the police. And this is ignited now for the last – what are we going on over a month now right. uh, of protests in Iran against the regime there. And I don't necessarily want to draw a direct line between what's happening in Florida and Texas and what's happening in Iran. It's just clear to me that we take for granted certain freedoms, our, our freedom of expression, freedom of speech, that people on the other side of the world in Iran, for example, just can't even imagine the the relative freedom that we have here. The idea that you can be walking around the streets and be arrested by some guy because he doesn't like that your hair is showing right. uh, is is obviously ridiculous. And it's not what's happening in Florida at all. But if I'm a fundamentalist about anything, it is I'm a fundamentalist about the right to free expression and free speech. And it's because you hand any but any of these tiny little tyrants this sort of power to enforce illegitimate laws and they will take it. I don't know. I don't know what else I have to say about that. Um, right. And there and there um, there's been many deaths, right? I mean, uh, more most recently, wasn't there some athlete, a climber of some sort that uh, yeah. climbed without the the head covering and now she's like under there i think she, i don't know if she was misled by her coach like I, the way that it read it sounded like she was kind of misled to go into some sort of like iranian controlled area and then she was taken back to right. iran and, no and one she knows made like a, a hostage apology video basically yeah right and I've I've seen some very annoying coverage about the protests in Iran, insisting that any American encouragement of it is somehow uh, interference from outside that shouldn't be tolerated. Verlander has two outs. He's got uh, really has Rizzo in a hole, zero and two, and he's got the uh, Astro fans. Waving around these orange napkins or fire hazards or whatever they are. Their colors are sort of orange and blue and like weird sort of colors. Not like red, white, and blue type colors like, you know, like the Yankees. The Yankees don't have any red, but blue and white. Although I see a guy with a Yankee hat on that has a red brim on it. It looks good, actually, with that red brim. But I think I think the rivalry with the Red Sox would rule out all red for the Yankees. Although I remember they used to have a warm-up jacket with red in it. Oh, and he hit him. And it was, it was not even close. He hit him right on. Couldn't get out of the way. Hit him right on the shoulder. Don't think it was a fastball because... Um, Rizzo don't even move. Let's take a look at it again here. Just goes bouncing off his shoulder. Uh, doesn't doesn't look like doesn't look like he's in pain. It really doesn't. Also on the uh, free speech note, sort of, uh, and I know we've talked about Alex Jones before. Oh, your boy. Alex Jones has been ordered by a court in Connecticut 
or a jury uh, found that he needs to pay $965 million to various parties related to the Sandy Hook shooting from back in 2012, the, the families of the victims. He is insisting, of course, that, that that's not going to happen, and he's well, probably quite quite right about that. He will not be forking over a billion dollars to these families. He doesn't in all have that, right? Right, right. He, he's doesn't not, he doesn't have, have a billion dollars. <laughs> what do you also, think? Did you did you follow? Because to me, I when I read the headline, I just kind of laughed. I'm like, oh, we're just being silly now because, you know, like I always find it amusing and absurd, these sentences that don't make sense. Oh, 48 life sentences or whatever. Like things that, okay, this person, he's not going to serve. Right. Are you going to revive him or whatever? Like this is stupid, but whatever. Um, and like these dollar amounts where it's like no one's going to pay that. Maybe it's a symbolic thing. I don't know. But like when they're calculating this amount, like how can you come to the conclusion that this one person who, I mean, a shitty, I mean, he was, I mean, he tries to walk walk it back now, but he outright denied that uh, the shooting happened, uh, was talking about crisis actors. Like, I mean, he was doing that for, for many years. So yeah, shithead, damages, I could see, but like, how can they say, well, what he did amounts to almost a billion dollars. I don't understand how the math adds up to that. Right. Well, it's not rational, obviously. There's nothing. But you have to, when you're writing it down, you have to say impunitive damages for what, just like, what, like, what is the link? I don't understand. Like, he was a shithead. There should be damages. But how do you get to a billion? That doesn't make I sense. I think that they, they tried to explain, again, it's not entirely rational, but the prosecution was laying out in detail the way he would link what he was talking about to the products that he was selling on his show, right? right. So he's saying it. an example is he talks about the coming nuclear winter and apocalypse that could be happening, and then he wants to sell you a 90-day food prepper kit and a bomb shelter, right? right. Like, like it's literally that level of connection where he, on the one hand, tells you about the scary, awful thing and then immediately pivots to, oh, and by the way, you can also uh, – Send me thirty nine ninety nine and get the uranium depletion pills or whatever that that okay. we're going to sell you in the event that there's a nuclear holocaust. But he sold a billion dollars worth of these pills, or like they can't. Right, so, right? so that that that's one connection. But so like with the other stuff, you could say like. So what they're really trying to do is come for your guns, right? So this is all of the all of the fake dead kids uh, in Sandy Hook and in all of these and in Vegas and in everywhere else. This is just an excuse for them to come for your guns. So what you need to do is be prepared for the siege. And so uh, now okay. you're going to get your your prepper material and your special vitamins that make you fucking crazy roided out person like me and. And yeah, the, the I mean, I'm not saying that they added it up exactly. Uh, and again, I stress that it's not entirely rational. But what right. the connection that they're drawing is he used this particular lie to sell a particular product. Right. And like that was the that was the connection that they were trying to draw, and they apparently successfully drew in the minds of the jury. Right, but uh, I mean, not he was unfortunately not unique in perpetuating this nonsense either right i mean he had i guess the 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 biggest audience of the bunch uh but it's not like he and he alone was one that was talking all this stuff i would see it a lot 
and a lot of places online uh, in these forums and whatnot. Uh, right, so and just, I think that it, yeah. I think this is one of those that got out of the barn with him, right? Like he right. It, he didn't harp on the Sandy Hook kids were crisis actors every day for six years. Like right. it's something that they only have a very limited number of examples of him actually talking about this in any sort of specific way, uh, and that doesn't. And 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 for the record, like it's not like Alex Jones went and knocked on doors in Connecticut and harassed these fucking people. And this right. is where I start to this is where I start to lose the thread a little bit, which is that like so Alex Jones says the completely socially unacceptable and uh, clearly false thing, right? We can prove, in fact, that this was not a fake shooting of a bunch right. of actors in a kindergarten classroom and that the families are, are are crisis actors or anything along those lines these are real people they were killed by this fucking psychopath adam lanza and and this this real thing actually happened alex jones says that it didn't happen and he's doing so because that's just what he fucking does if you want to say he's doing it he says this in order to sell the pills. I see the the sort of connection that you're making there. I disagree. He would be doing it anyway, right? right. It, it just so happens that he's found a way to make a good living, uh, quote unquote, doing it. Uh, but but that that is incidental. Like for, he's been doing this his entire life. He will right. be doing this uh, from the closet with no one watching him for the rest of his life. Uh, uh, but he will always have an audience one way or another. And it's like in a very real way, he wasn't the person who went out and harassed these people. Right. Uh, did he do something that was like undeniably harmful and, and socially unacceptable? Uh, yes. And if you can prove where he libeled or, or he, he told defamatory lies about these people and it had some sort of impact, then yeah. Sue the shit out of him and, right. and get a rational settlement for that. A billion dollars is not a rational fucking settlement right. here. Right. That is absurd. And I find myself made incredibly uncomfortable by the idea that because Alex Jones said a thing and then a bunch of fucking stupid morons went out and actually did the thing that caused the harm, right? Because right. if this is just something that gets said into the radio ether and nobody ever does anything about it, then people say, fuck you, Alex Jones, you fucking psychopath. What's your problem? And and then it, they, nobody thinks about it again. But because these are people who, like, they were getting letters from people people like because alex jones was effective in his communication essentially in convincing a bunch of lunatics to harass these people not that he told them to harass them and in fact in all likelihood uh tried to caveat it in that way and and tell, tell people not to do those sorts of things right. just, i don't know am i being too precious with my my feeling about what it is to freely express yourself that i i'm worried about Jones writes here. Right. Well, I mean, are you? <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. like I, I, I don't think so. I think that Alex Jones should be permitted to say whatever he wants to say and and like it it's up to I don't know, there's this patern this there's something paternalistic about the idea that none of this would have happened but for Alex Jones. Yes. Right. Basically like, people like just kinda they're gonna Go watch a little volleyball at the at, at, at the park, and then uh, on the way there, they're listening to the latest episode of Alex Jones, and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna go and like harass the parents of the children uh, who right. don't." If exist. you knocked on the doors of somebody whose kid was shot at a at a middle school at a, in a kindergarten class, 
and you harass them about like then you should be the one who's prosecuted you should be the one who has to pay the price for that if you're and and i don't know what the crime even is like it's just a a harassment charge or a trespassing charge or whatever like and i'm like granted that person doesn't have billion dollar deep pockets not that jones does either but at least he has the appearance of having those that 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 sort of uh, money that they can go after uh I, i just don't understand i mean i do understand it i i I don't think that has anything to do with the way that he wants to frame it. And I will, I will uh, share a clip here of Alex Jones doing his Alex Jones thing because it's never not funny. I didn't send you this because uh, I never want to put Infowars.com on anybody else's <laughs> computer unless I absolutely have to. It's my homepage. What are you talking about? If Captain Ahab wants to get Moby Dick... He's got to go down with the whale. (laughs) And that's what this is all about. You see, I've been looking for you. And I'm jumping out of the boat with my harpoon. And I'm tied up in the rigging. And you think you've got me. I've got you. Hello, Gregory Peck. Moby Dick. Final scene. And that's Alex Jones. Tied up to the side of the New World Order whale with a big giant harpoon that I've already got about three foot in trying to get that heart. But here's the good news. Even if Moby goes down this time, there's not just one boat on the surface. There's 10,000. And so even if I haven't got him, I've wounded Moby. And you're going to get him when he comes back up. And you see my dead corpse strapped to the side of him. Just aim right at me with those harpoons. I'll be a good target for you. And I want to be that battle cry. I want you to go watch the original classic Moby Dick based on the novel. And I want you to understand that's me. I went looking for the whale. I nailed the silver piece to the mast. I'm there when St. Elmo's fire comes down. We have it. Are you with me? (laughs) Because that, yes, that's me right there. Woo! Is is Alex Jones uh, generally sober during broadcasts? What do you mean by sober? Yeah. Like, is he on the sauce? I think he's drinking. drinking I think he's well fucked up. He's just on all of the amphetamines. He's on weird. I'm sure he's on weird, like brain drugs. Those, those like neurotropics or whatever. I'm sure he's on all sorts of weird human growth hormone and and steroids. And (laughs) he's not looking great. Uh, (laughs) He used to be like a handsome enough dude, like a handsome, charming looking dude. Thirty years ago, maybe, but uh, I don't know. Uh, On this uh, point uh, with. Alex Jones, uh, do you ha- do you, do you have any like uh, positions where you will defend the process of the decision, but not the outcomes that come from it? Like, for example, uh, a few years ago, there I think it was in Massachusetts or somewhere in the Northeast, where this young couple, very volatile couple, uh, the 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 girlfriend talks up suicide to the boyfriend and the boyfriend eventually does it like he kills himself right, right? because she's, like, right. Oh, she's on the phone fo- she's on the phone yeah. with him like right. like berating him and telling him to stay in the fu- like he because he's hooked right. up a hose to his yes. tailpipe and put it right. in the window and he's like i i don't think i can do this i want to go i can't go through with this and she's like no you fucking pussy you gotta right. you gotta do this you coward right 
so yeah, that story. And and she was, uh, I think she went, she was found guilty for for, and she went to jail for a few years for it. My position for a long time was like, just in principle, like the other person is responsible for doing the things that they did, right? Because a lot of the argument was like, well. They were suicidal, so they were in a diminished capacity and blah, 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 right. right? But to me, I'm like, if you're of a mutual age or if you're an adult, we're all mutual combatants. I don't have any more power over you unless I'm physically trying to overpower you. But if I'm like texting you to kill yourself and you follow through on it, that is a on your end. Like, I mean, I'm shitty uh, for doing so, but like, legally, I don't see a reason for it. So like, it's one of those like, well... I, I can always defend forget the if argument. that girl went to jail or not. She did go to jail. Yeah, she, she shouldn't have. Right. But, like, I don't like the outcome. Like, I don't want to be an ally of that sort of person. But, like, the other person was not even the same. They weren't in the same room, right? She was egging them on through From phone. the call on the phone. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I don't even know you're actually in the car well, and I'm telling you to go back in. he had been harassing her like crazy. Oh, what? And okay. saying, oh, if you don't get back together with me, I'll kill myself. Right, right. So eventually she's like, all right, fucking fine. Kill yourself then. I Do think, it. Right. There was some other weird element to it, though, where she like wanted him. I mean, they, they I were mean, both whatever. fucked up. I, I don't remember like... the whole story. The whole thing's fucked up. And obviously she's a bad person. It is. Yeah, it's we, it would it would. I don't rem, I don't know exactly how long she went to. She was sentenced for or what the final like charge three years was or something. Yeah. But it was like she was found guilty of like being responsible for someone else's own action. Right. I don't know. Ultimately, I don't know. Like, the kids are dead, but Alex Jones didn't fucking pull the trigger. And this is what it feels like to me is, like, Alex Jones is being held responsible for the deaths. Like, uh, like is that – like, how much would you get if Adam Lanza had a big pile of money? Right. Like, could you find Adam Lanza guilty right. and demand a billion dollars from him? It's like, right. no. You just right. fucking put him in jail for the rest of his life. Or if you're in another sort of state, then you'd probably convict him and give him the death penalty. Right. But and like, also – I. I was thinking that they were going to tally up all of the the cost. I mean, you know, I'm sure they'll come up with a, a, a round number for the anguish and the whatever. But, like, the actual harm caused by having his crazy listeners harassing these people. So all the moves that they had to make, selling a house, maybe at a, a loss or something, you know, any sort of, like— Right, but again, expense. I can't get. I can't come away from the fact that it comes down to the harassment was done by individuals right. who were not Alex Jones. Like, right. how often did Alex Jones call these people up and or 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 stalk them online or literally knock on their front door? And it just didn't. It didn't happen. And like as you're saying, these other people need to be held responsible for their right. actions, not. Alex fucking Jones. Right. It almost, Criminal, it, it yeah, almost isn't even a free. It right. almost isn't even a free speech thing. Ultimately, right. it's like a weird personal responsibility thing. Right. But okay. So, uh, real. I, I don't want to. I'll make one more comparison. But like, just to kind of see where you are. Didn't is it Marilyn Manson? I was about to Marilyn Monroe. But the, who was that crazy guy that was like Marilyn telling Manson's everybody to start a killing crazy people? Guy. The Sharon Tate and the Charles whatever. Manson. Charles yeah, Manson. Go. Whatever. Marilyn, Charlotte, one of those guys. But, like, he d- himself did not actually kill, right? Mm-hmm. He got these people under his spell somehow, and they went ahead and did the killings. And then he went to jail. And I think he was going to be – he was only on death row until the, the state said, let's stop killing people. Uh, yeah. So, like, to me, like, in my head, again, process is, like, the people who did it hold them responsible. And then 
the Manson guy do something else with, you know, come, you know, some come up some other law that says you can't be such a dickhead that you're sending people to kill somebody, like incitement of violence, or right. I don't know, something. But like, Jim Jim Jones didn't force feed these people the poisoned high C, right? <laughs> Dude, Is that... That's not true though. Uh, if you read the book, uh, he uh, at least half of that group was uh, under duress. Uh, but anyways, I do think. Uh, in civil court, it's an appropriate venue to try to seek some redress. I don't think uh, Alex Jones would be responsible criminally, and he wasn't being charged criminally. But come up with a figure that at least connected. You, you, there has to be some specific connection to some financial damage that your actions caused. And then people can live, you know, even though like you can still make the case in principle, he, he shouldn't even go that far. But like, that's fine, I think. If they're like, okay, you like 500,000 of whatever and then a million and a half of whatever and then fuck off, you know, that feels right. something so that, like, like that. Ultimately, for me, I think it just comes down to like just like, the awful behavior of ever, and, the, and the, the unimaginable suffering that these people had to endure. You have to set it aside. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, it becomes immaterial if at the end of the day, what you're saying is a person cannot say in the world that they don't think that the thing that happened happened right right like i know that sounds silly but like at at what point do i become disallowed from saying what i think about the world around me because it does not comport with what everyone else knows to be true like right. and i i completely agree that the things that he said were abhorrent and false but i don't see what the harm is of having someone say abhorrent and false things uh relative like i i do i do i do see the harm like that's not right. the exact right way to phrase it there is harm there but in my opinion the greater harm is in trying to police and and stop people from saying things that the vast majority think are bad. Like you, you right. just cannot police speech in that way. And right, and, and, and this is, by the way, different than if he were to specifically give instructions to like go do A, B, and C. Like you know, like an Osama bin Laden saying go and blow up whatever. Like I mean, that person is responsible for the things. Like right. Alex Jones wasn't like saying I need you guys to go harass these people or do something else but to these like people. it's like the fire in a crowded theater thing, right? Right. right. Yeah. Can't do that. Well, you can shout fire. I mean, whatever. But it's not just... if there's not one, right? I don't know. Yeah, and if it, it produces like panic and then there's more damage from your misinformation or your lie. Right, but how right. can you how can you insist that the thing was a lie in the first place? Maybe you thought you smelled a fucking fire. Maybe you thought you saw smoke well, wisping I mean, through the air. I think they're going to demonstrate that that wasn't the case, right? Like, I mean, if you, well, my bad. I thought there was a fire. J jumped the gun there. But like, if yeah, you're like fire, and I'm selling fire extinguishers for four hundred dollars. Yeah, I just I have trouble getting past the idea that ultimately what the the implication here is that it is not okay to – I mean it sort of comes – like it, it's dumb, but it also connects to the Hunter Biden laptop story, right? Like it was not acceptable for Twitter and Facebook to do what they did in terms of limiting the reach of – I mean it, it, sure, it was it, acceptable in a certain sense, right? Going back to the Texas story, uh, t Facebook and Twitter can decide what they want to have right. on their platform uh, no matter what. It was an obviously political – politically motivated thing right and it was the the hunter laptop story was a perfectly valid story it was done by a perfectly reputable if unpalatable at times news outlet in the new york post right it's owned by 
Rupert Murdoch. It's a conservative paper. They have an agenda, no doubt about it. But it turns out that the Post's reporting was largely true, that it was accurate, and that the the thing that was far less accurate was this insistence by 50 United States intelligence officials who insisted that this was a Russian disinformation op rather than an authentic piece of information relating to Hunter Biden. Like the whole thing ends up being completely correct. And it was, it was a total Streisand effect thing, right? Like if, if, well, if you Twitter know, was and- it? Because they did get in, in the way of it being disseminated even more, right? So like at least during that last couple of weeks of the election, right? Like a Streisand effect would be like, it's, it actually, uh, uh, backfired, right? This didn't seem like it backfired, right? Like, People just kind of forgot back, about it. It backfired, at least in the sense that you convinced half of the electorate that Facebook and Twitter were lining up against Donald Trump. Now you've primed them to expect that the election is going to be sto- that that this is just another example of how an election can be stolen. That right, the, but they're the, drawing. Sub- okay, I mean, it, it's not like this was like this was information that was designed to disrupt the right. Basically, they're getting real information to deliberately disseminate the information right at the right time so it can impact the election, right? That was their intention, right? Now, they had the good. That was just so, an incredibly right. fortuitous coincidence for the Trump campaign, ultimately, I don't know how right? fortuitous it was, but uh, sure, let's go with that story, right? But, like, whatever the case may be, I, I'm not sure you can draw a connection to that and the uh, – are they – is the argument that, oh, you didn't let us exploit this story for our political purposes – and that impacted the election in a negative way? I don't think it's completely irrational to say that the Hunter Biden laptop story, if it had been if it had come out and been appropriately covered in all of the major news outlets, rather than completely ignored by the major news outlets and in fact brushed under the rug by Facebook and Twitter. I mean, you can never obviously prove this sort of thing, but what was the margin in Georgia? 10, 12,000 votes, yeah, right? Right. I mean, we're talking about something like 70,000 votes across three states again, the same sort of margin that we had in 2016. I don't know what uh, a full explication of the Hunter Biden laptop story would have done to 100,000 fence sitters, people yeah, who maybe, yeah. are, might or might not have been motivated to get out, get out and go to the polls that day, right? If If there are... 100,000 people across five states that were disgusted by Donald Trump because of his uh, the way that he dealt with his family and said, I'm not going to bother voting. I like Trump, but it's just not worth it to me anymore. I'm not going to go out there. Biden seems like a perfectly – like I don't love his politics. He's a Democrat. He's a commie and all of that. But like he seems like a halfway decent human being. If instead the New York Times comes out with a full – eight-page spread about Hunter's laptop with the hookers and the blow and and all the other awful nonsense that was on that thing, and that becomes a central part of the campaign for the last two weeks. I don't know what that does to in the minds of 100,000 fence-sitters. And I'm not – like, I I don't know. I don't think that you can prove it one way or another. Right. It's hard to say. Also, uh, the troubling thing – I I do – I think, I guess, in the end, I probably come closer to your point of view on, like, you shouldn't be doing that. But the troubling part about the Hunter Biden thing is, first of all, Hunter Biden wasn't on the ballot, right? And so Joe Biden, his old man, was on the ballot. The thrust of the story is that there's a connection between Joe Biden's crackhead son 
and Joe Biden's dealings during his time in office. And so he is unfit right, the fact for that, that purpose. The fact that Hunter had a job working for a Ukrainian N- gas not company. Not just that. Not just like some per key, you know, like get, get a few right. hundred thousand dollars to do nothing. That Joe Biden, as vice president during the Obama years, used his office for financial perp- uh, gain. And that has never been – there had been no con- conclusive – story right. on well, that right get get ready for the next two years because we're going to have the absolute worst republicans in congress right uh spending countless hours demagoguing on this question of who is the big guy right because that that's the right. the the biggest and potentially most damaging piece of information out of the entire hunter biden laptop story is nothing to do with hookers or blow and it has everything to do with this implication that is apparent that hunter is asking for 10 percent for the big guy right he wants there's there's going to be a certain amount of money for hunter there's a certain amount of money for what appears to be joe biden's brother none of this is explicitly spelled out of course but this sort of thing that that comes out in the discovery process of, of of congressional investigations and then apparently Another 10% for the big guy, right? right. And it, if if what was happening is is what is apparent from that email, which is that Hunter Biden was collecting a giant pile of money and then making sure that Joe Biden got his 10% cut of it, then that's a, a, a worthy scandal, right? And in fact, something if it's that's— true, right. But it right, sounds true. like totally preposterous story like that. This would have come out like— I mean, do right, the investigation. If you're doing an honest investigation, I mean, they're just doing it for spectacle, right? I assume it's just going to be for show. Uh, but if you honestly believe that, look into it and, and make a de- determination. But it didn't, to me, it didn't seem like there's any interest in actual fact finding. They want this cloud to kind of hang over the air to say, oh, I heard he's the big man and 10% this. And like, okay, well, Right. What? The way the way okay. more likely the the far more likely explanation to me, and maybe it's pure naivete on my part, but it's way more likely that Hunter thinks that he can just get an extra hundred grand out of this asshole by saying that I need ten percent for the big guy, right? Right. And I think I'll, of the big guy as Santa Claus, by the way. <laughs> right, but in this case, it's pretty obvious that they're talking about uh, Joe Biden. It's made obvious to you, I guess. It sounds like Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're right. I mean, like uh, a drug-addled uh, person, I guess you can kind of conceive a scenario where he's trying to name drop his old man without actually actually doing it, but there was no actual deal through the vice president at the time. Like to me that that it is just a a patently absurd story. There is no scenario right, it's somewhat, where that story it's somewhat true. preposterous to imagine right. Hunter Biden going around and like collecting mafia money and making sure his dad gets a check for a hundred grand right. every At couple of months. At his direction, like it, right? I mean, basically like the, right. the, the, his dad is involved in this. Yes, yeah, son, keep it up. I mean, take a little for your little uh, uh, cocaine habit, but uh, give me my cut, you know? Like that to me just sounds ridiculous. Right, but completely ignoring the story and pretending like it doesn't happen isn't acceptable either, right? right. Like, No, it's that, not acceptable, but what's the alternative? I mean, it's, and it's always dumb to say if it was the other guy. But right. if this is a Don Jr. laptop and it says, I need 10% for the big guy, there's absolutely zero doubt that it would be the biggest fucking story of the century. Right. Yes, right? but if that were the story, it would be because Donald Trump is doing deals with the mob. And also nothing would come of it. I mean, it would be a big spectacle in that story, but no one would be like 
Don Jr.'s not going anywhere. Nothing's going to happen to him. Nothing is going to happen to the Bidens. Like, basically, it's just political fodder. And that's, I guess, like, with the Alex Jones things, like, yeah, sometimes people say unsavory things. Sometimes people say some vile things. But as a free society, you kind of almost have to eat that, right? And similarly, I think, ultimately, as big as these companies are, the alternative to doing anything other than whatever they decide is worse. Like, because... Yeah, let's say all of these big social media outlets uh, colluded without any sort of uh, uh, fingerprints to show that. They colluded to keep the story out, right, for political reasons, right? Let's go with the most sinister of uh, uh, scenarios, right? So it's not like everybody made a mutually beneficial decision on their own, like, oh, we came to the same conclusion, right? The solution to that would be what? Like, whatever solution you come up with would be worse than what we're, we're at. Basically, the idea is hopefully... If people are not happy with it, then they can go to another platform that's more friendly and just let the marketplace decide, right? Because if you do some sort of other constraint on the company, you end up with what we have with the case in Texas, right? Where you come up with these cockamamie uh, rules that aren't actually going to work and would make things worse. So it is bad what, what they did, but all the other options that I'm hearing would be worse. So you just kind of have to live with it, just like you have to live with an Alex Jones. I think that there's a significant segment of the population that insists that we shouldn't actually have to live with an Alex Jones. And I I agree with you. I think we do have to live with an Alex Jones. But if Alex Jones can be brought to court and essentially be made to be made insolvent and that the entirety of his I mean, again, now we're talking about like, oh, well, he doesn't have his company anymore, and the the, the moms and dads from Connecticut get, get all of the benefit from the, the profits from his company. And what's so wrong with that? He's not being jailed. It's not like he's uh, being deprived of life and liberty and all of the rest. I do think that ultimately we, we do have to put up with an Alex Jones in order to have uh, the entire rest of it. And that's unfortunate, I suppose. I don't know that ringing a, a fake billion-dollar judgment from Alex Jones solves any of these fucking problems. Right. And the, the only other thing I would say is that uh, at least so far, maybe I'm ignorant to other stories, this is doesn't seem to be like an overly abused kind of uh, avenue, right? It seems like how many times – like, I mean, if the argument is like this is being done to silence somebody that people don't agree with, today Alex Jones, tomorrow you. Like, I haven't – do you, do you sense that that is true? Like people are going to be like their speech is going to be stifled because of this judgment or is this like an outlier case? So it's like have your opinion on it, but I don't think this is going to be some sort of precedent setting case where like they're going to go after Sean Hannity tomorrow or whatever. Right. To me, it didn't seem like it's, it's going to be that. There's a look like a high fastball to me, but uh, the umpire who, uh, I think comes from Houston, called it a strike. I take that back. I have no idea if he came from if he comes from Houston, and it wasn't that bad a call. It could have been in the strike zone. It was right at the very top. This is a ground ball, and it's going to be a tough play at first. But Stanton doesn't. Wait a second. Must be an error. It, is that an error? I mean, he had him by he had him he had him by uh, a mile. Because Stanton is obviously slow. So let's take a look. The ground ball to Altuve. Altuve makes a nice throw. It bounces, but the uh, but it pulls the first. It bounces, but it pulls 
the first baseman off the bag, who apparently didn't realize he was off the bag because he didn't kick back to the bag. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, the, the throw was, was wide from Altuve. It pulled the first baseman's foot off the bag. But the first baseman had time uh, to regroup and push the foot back onto the bag before Stanton got there and didn't do so. So he literally gave him first base on an error, and that would have to be by the first baseman, for failure to put his foot on the bag. Uh, there's a disputed uh, strike uh, to, to um, I believe it's Donaldson at the plate. Uh, Donaldson did not like the call. Again, it was close. Outside, within the strike zone in terms of the legitimate call, let's put it that way. Uh, one more thing on free speech. This, a few weeks ago, you pointed me to this uh, documentary that wasn't going to come out any longer, uh, Jihad Rehab. Oh, yeah. It's a film... Filmmaker's name is Meg Smaker or Smocker. I don't know how to say her name either. She was going to show her film that was a passion project of hers. She doesn't have a ton of money at Sundance. And then, um, among others, Abigail Disney, uh, who's a grand niece of Walt Disney, uh, who was an executive producer on Jihad Rehab uh, and called it freaking brilliant in an email to Ms. Smaker at one point went ahead and disavowed it. Right. Right. The film landed quote, quote, landed like a truckload of hate. Miss Disney wrote in an open letter, uh, making it largely untouchable. I, it came up again because she showed up on Sam Harris's podcast. I think I haven't listened to it yet to talk about it. And Sam Harris tweeted out a link to her GoFundMe because she's trying to secure funding in order to distribute the film on her own where she has to like pay to rent out theaters in various cities okay and dis- and distribute it that way because apparently she can't get any of the uh studios to help her with distribution any longer and there's a couple quotes from this article from the times that are probably worth reading here uh, Miss Maker's film has become near untouchable, unable to reach audiences. Prominent festivals rescinded invitations, and critics in the documentary world took to social media and pressured investors, advisors, and even her friends to withdraw names from the credits. She is close to broke. In my naivete, I kept thinking people would get the anger out of their system and realize this film was not what they said. I'm trying to tell an authentic story that a lot of Americans might not have heard. Battles over authorship and identity regularly roil the documentary world, a tightly knit and largely left-wing ecosystem. They say, uh, many Arab and Muslim filmmakers who, like others in the industry, struggle for money and recognition, denounced Jihad Rehab as offering an all-too-familiar take. They say Miss Smaker is the latest white documentarian to tell the story of Muslims through a lens of war on terror. These documentary makers, they say, take their white Western gaze and claim to film victims with empathy. To see my language and homelands of folks in my community used as backdrops for white savior tendencies is nauseating. The talk is all empathy, but the energy is Indiana Jones. So it's essentially a claim over the identity of the filmmaker. She shouldn't be the one to tell this story and certainly not the one to deliver this story to the white people of America. Right. Now, isn't this also uh, the case uh – 
because I think it's been a couple weeks since I read the actual article, but even in the case of at least some of the critics have not even watched the documentary. So basically, oh, like all of the critics have not seen right. the documentary, correct? Right. So a lot of the negative, and, and you know, going back to the uh, grand whatever of uh, the Disney guy, the initial enthusiasm and positive feedback. I assume that she watched it, and and other people who were involved were at least familiar with the the content of the documentary. And basically, it's like a these former jihadis who were captured and they're in in some jail in what Saudi Arabia. And she was given access to to speak to whomever was willing to speak to her. I think she ended up with like four people to speak with. And so, like, it seems like it. I mean, from from the way that it's described, I haven't watched it either, but from the way it is described, it seems like if you watch the documentary, it almost kind of humanizes, like, what would make somebody turn to jihad, right? Like, basically, it's That's like That's what it a, sounds like it's going to be. Right. But, like, when people say, read the just the title uh, and it makes the rounds online and they see who made it. And people are just like reflexively, oh, no, not one of these where we have some Westerner saying, oh, another Arab jihadi type. You know, this one to be one of those documentaries. Right. And so the, the whole negative reaction is to that. And all of the people who were initially showing some support just immediately came instead of like basically it's like the, the I don't want no part of this. So I'm just going to go make an about face and pretend I wasn't into the movie. I'm going to remove any sort of association from the movie just because of the reaction. It's just like it, it was a very weird like this thing became toxic based on online feedback, most of whom did not even watch the thing that they're complaining about is very weird. When I, a practicing Muslim woman, say that this film is problematic, wrote Jude Chehab, a Lebanese-American documentarian, my voice should be stronger than a white woman saying that it isn't, point blank. Miss Disney, the former champion of the film, wrote, I failed, failed, and absolutely failed to understand just how exhausted by and disgusted with the perpetual representation of Muslim men and women as terrorists or former terrorists or potential terrorists the Muslim people are. The apology shook the industry. Shortly after Sundance apologized, South by Southwest rescinded its invitation. Miss Disney's note came a week later. In April, the San Francisco Festival dropped the film. Right. And, and by the way, uh, to, to that point, like uh, all of these uh, film festivals, I mean, I'm assuming unless you're a big name, they're actually watching the product before they accept, you know, say, OK, yeah, we'll show it at Sundance. Right. So all these right. people made decisions like, yeah, this is uh, a solid uh, documentary and it would be beneficial and we'll play it to our liberal, mostly leaning audience. Right. So it's like it's very bizarre how things I, I'm, I'm surprised. Uh, uh, I can kind of see what the filmmaker was thinking. Like, what the fuck happened? Like, just like we were—I was headed in one way. I'm getting all these invitations, and we got big name people supporting me. And I basically dumped all my money into this, spent all these all this time getting the interviews, and just out of nowhere, the whole thing just falls apart. It's very just a quick turn of events for her. Also, it's fine if there are problematic movies. It's fine. It's right. fine if somebody makes a movie that you have a disagreement with. If you think that it portrays people in a negative light that you wish were portrayed in another way, then you can make that comment, right. and it can be totally fucking fine. Right. And or you can make a whole movie. You could even yeah, yeah even. then turn around and and make uh, a whole movie, your own movie right. that humanizes uh, the brown and and Muslim people in your life in a way that you want it uh, as you want them to be portrayed. 
And you can criticize the movie all you want, but going out of your way to try to make sure that no one else can see this movie because you've deemed it unacceptable is a fucking tyrannical instinct. And it is just completely in opposition to what we're supposed to care about around here. A lot of people have a a petty tyrant inside of them, right? So whenever these opportunities uh, spring up, they jump at it. They're like, oh, great. I could be a total dick. She was trying to raise something like a quarter million dollars. She raised more than double that after Sam Harris uh, tweeted out her request for independent funding. So it looks like she's going to be able to distribute the thing independently. And presumably, eventually, we'd be able to watch it one way or another. Now, I uh, assume, I mean, Sam Harris draws uh, a diverse audience, but he does have people center right, right, that listen uh, to his podcast, uh, among others. I'm not saying he's exclusively that, but uh, I imagine some of the funds were contributed by people who would probably not like this documentary because it likely humanizes the jihadists, right? And and, and uh, right. some people just want a black and white, like evil. You want to kill people that I know? Fuck you. Like, I don't want. I don't care how you got into this. Like, right. In a weird way. In a weird way, this identitarian nonsense completely escapes the normal left-right partisan framing. Right. Right. Because it comes. It just comes down to the radical individual phenotypical reality of whoever it is that we're complaining about. Right. So it doesn't have any, like the, this woman's politics are almost certainly like radically oh, liberal y- yes. by, by, by yeah. any normal <laughs> standard. Right. <laughs> yes. And, and getting mad at her as a liberal doesn't really make a lot of sense. You probably share a great deal of her political aims. Ultimately, it's just that you've completely rejected her because of the color of her skin right. to be clear that's what you're doing right. is you're saying that she shouldn't be permitted to say anything about these other people because of the color of their skin combined with the factor of the color of her skin, which is just uh, completely absurd and ridiculous. That was an 83 mile an hour curveball, if you're interested. Or so, so says the, uh, the gun, which we, you know, we assume is accurate. Never know. Here comes the pitch. That's a long drive, long, oh, it's, oh my gosh, it's over, the, it's over the head of the left fielder, and it's in there for a double. Now, could it have been caught? Could it have been caught? Let's take a look at that. Now, remember, you got a replacement out there for Knicks. Oh, and that, who, 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 let's see who's in left field. Oh, that was Stanton, who hasn't played left field much this year. Now, let's see if, if this is his fault or it was the uh, – I would say he couldn't have caught it. It was too high. Tall though he is, I think it was over his head. He doesn't look happy, though, that he didn't catch it. <laughs> Those are the plays in a, in, in a playoff game that you want to make. So now at the plate – we have Jordan Alvaro, Alvarez, rather. I did briefly want to point out that as we approach this uh, midterm election here in a couple of weeks, there are a number of Democrats who are very clear on the fact that they're not going to win. Yes. Uh, 
specifically, uh, and not that that's my prediction, but that the only explanation for the things that they are saying in public is that they must not actually think they have any chance of winning. Uh, specifically, Katie Hobbs, who's running for governor in Arizona, Arizona against uh, Carrie Lake. The big headline to come out of CNN State of the Union this past week with the Carrie Lake interview was that she was hesitant to confirm that she would recognize the results of an election that she lost in in much the same fashion as what Trump would do in both 2016 and 2020. He refused to say that he would accept the results of an election that he lost because he didn't think it was possible that he could lose. He, in fact, won in 2016 and didn't accept the results of the election. So it was very silly to imagine that he would accept the results of an election that he lost. Of course, Carrie Lake is not. She's a she believes the election was stolen in 2020. She will if if she loses, she will go ahead and say that this election was stolen as well. Right. So that was what what Carrie Lake said. What Katie Hobbs said, she refused to say whether she backed any legal limits on abortion. I'll just play a clip of it here. Politicians do not belong in that decision. But what there do you support? No what should the limits be? The the decision about abortion should be between a patient and their doctor. So there should be no limits in the law? It should only be decided in the medical office? Government making these kind of mandates interferes with the care that doctors need to provide to their patients. They don't belong in these decisions. Okay. So just to be clear, if you uh, become governor, you will push for a law that has absolutely no limits in any point of the pregnancy on abortion. That's your position. That's what you would want to be the law of the land in Arizona. The fact is right now that we have very limited options and that we need to get politicians out of the way and let doctors provide the care that they are trained to provide, the health care that their patients need. Politicians don't belong in those decisions. All she has to do is oh, say, man. I support the Roe v. Wade yes. standard that we've yes. had for the last 40 fucking years. <laughs> that's, that's all she has to do is say, and, and she could eat, and, and like in my dream scenario, she takes it a step further or, or at least goes back to like the original Roe standard right. and says, look, I don't, she could even say, I don't, th- like it's super rare. And because it's so rare, it almost doesn't matter. But yeah, I'm uncomfortable with third trimester abortions, just like like 80% of all Americans are uncomfortable with the idea that a child that could otherwise live outside the womb would not be brought into this world. That makes me uncomfortable. I agree. And I think that we could go back to the Roe standard, and that is what most Americans support, and so do I, and, as, and, and so I would as governor of Arizona. But she can't do it because she's entirely beholden to the maximalist action activists on her side of the aisle. I, I, I think uh, maybe she is, but that, 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 that's not what I saw there. That, that to me seems like somebody who's not very good at politics because it is oh, such she's terrible at politics. A, she's going to get her ass but kicked. She was I like, didn't know uh, that she was going to get her ass kicked until I saw this interview, but she, she's going to get her ass I kicked. I mean, you know, Arizona, they ha- they're going from a Republican governor to a Republican governor, right? So it's not like a big thing. You would think they should be able to ride the coattails of the, the, the astronaut guy, right? Like the, the Kelly guy, because he's going to win. Uh, his race, uh, right. and you think if you just didn't say too many weird things that like you can kind of ride the coattail in like a, a wave kind of election in Arizona. 
Uh, but on this question, you don't even have to get into the weeds, like you said, but just simply just say the Supreme Court uh, undid 50 years of precedent. The Roe v. Wade standard was the standard that everyone in America was into, and that's basically where we should be. And uh, I would push towards that. Everything else, don't even get into. Just just stick to that. That's the answer. Just move on. Basically, you, if you get into the what, what, what about the third trimester, blah, blah, you know. You're not going to go anywhere there. And most of the abortions, aren't they before then? I mean, aren't they all like some sort of emergency situation? Like this is not something that right. should be decided we talk, by. Right. We talked about it a thousand times. Yeah. Yeah. We don't well, have to get into the details dudes again. talk about abortion before. It's just that there's a simple answer. And it's right. you instead of, instead of giving anybody the space to say, you won't even commit to having any li- legal limits on the right to abortion. You just say, I think we should go back to where it was for the last two and a half generations. Right. Here is Stacey Abrams, somebody else who it must be, you, you have to assume that she recognizes that she's going to get her ass handed to her in two weeks. You're running for governor of Georgia. Uh, I would assume, maybe incorrectly, but while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with? But let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. And so these are, it's important for us to have both and conversations. We don't have the luxury of reducing it or separating them out, but we also have to talk about what a governor can do. A governor can address housing prices. A governor can address the cost of education. A governor can put money into the pockets of everyday hardworking Georgians instead of giving tax cuts to so the instead wealthy. Of, uh Starting by saying all of these things that she finishes her comment with, right. she starts by saying when it when it comes to inflation, that the best way to fight inflation is to make sure that women can get abortions like the So the takeaway from that interview for the everyday Georgia voter is. Stacey Abrams thinks that the a good way to fight inflation is to let pregnant mothers abort their fetuses. So well, the, that, Herschel Washer, Walker also said that gas prices are a woman's issue. Yeah. So it's agreed upon. All in she Georgia. has to do is say, first of all, nothing about abortion right. uh, as 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 it relates to this question. Right. But when asked about abortion, say I recognize the Roe v. Wade standard. And I think we should go back to that. Uh, but also, you cannot. Like unless all you're trying to do is talk directly to your base and that's all that you care about and you think that's the only way that you can win is by motivating your base. In the state of Georgia, when the headwinds are are, are very bad for you this year, right? right? You do not have the benefit that you had in 2018 of being able to fight against Donald Trump. Instead, you're up against Kemp, who most sane Republicans think did the right thing as it relates right. to Donald Trump just two years ago. So you've lost that, that inherent advantage that you had in 2018, and you're just doubling down on the base right now instead of trying to expand it. And I don't understand it. I don't, I don't yeah. know how. I, I don't know what you're thinking in terms of actually winning an election. And I, I it's clear – it must be the case that she doesn't think that she can win anymore. Right. There, there is, I, I don't I, – I, actually, I don't think – state. she – just from all the – 
media stuff that I'm seeing, she thinks that she's still got a shot at it. I think her best shot was in 2018. I mean, it's like insurmountable right now. All the polling has consistently showed Kemp like over the 50% line. And that's, you know, if the numbers are in the 40s and margin of error, you can't, you can't trust those numbers. But when you constantly see somebody 50, 51 in that range and you're like at 45 or 46 consistently, not like an outlier poll, that's like you're done. Like there's no – it's an insurmountable lead for Kemp. I don't uh, see him losing this race at this point. But on the – on the interview here, there is like no message discipline between these two candidates. Uh, uh, candidates. I've watched a lot of Republicans just like ha- like they show up to these interviews. They have no real argument, no coherent argument to defend whatever nonsense has happened. And somebody is going to like a to- Chuck Todd or whomever, Dana Bash, will ask him a pointed question. And it's as if they didn't like their answer has no relation to that question. Right. Right, they're just like I'm just gonna stick to my talking points. Oh, inflation, blah, right. I don't, you know, whatever, whatever your message of the week is, you're gonna say that and move on, right? And and these shows, there's a finite number of minutes. They can't ask you follow up questions forever. They may ask right. you one it's more like follow up. Abe, Abe gets Abe gets pulled over for speeding and and potentially drunk driving, and oh, Abe says, you know, this is a officer, story. Yeah. officer, that Peyton Manning's a real sack of shit. <laughs> it's like, sir. <laughs> Do you recognize that you were going 45 and a 35 right. back there? And also you rolled through the last three stop signs. Right. <laughs> Peyton Manning threw a pick six in the fucking Super Bowl <laughs> against the Saints, and he's a total sack of shit. All true, by the way. Now, this is not hypothetical. This is real facts. But seriously, what what's wrong with a little mess of discipline? You go on to a relatively friendly, I mean, not relatively, a very friendly uh, cable outlet that MSNBC used, you can't be fumbling like that. Like, oh, well, he said inflation and abortion. I necessarily have to make a connection that doesn't exist. Like, no. When I'm not wearing my MAGA hat, I'm wearing my Mets hat. Well, fine, wear your Mets hat. You think, you think you're irritating me? You irritate me if you wear a Biden hat. Then you irritate me. It comes from the, you know, the Biden nursing home, their team. Red Sox hat, man. The Red Sox hat doesn't irritate me. The Red Sox fans are entitled to wear red. I won't sign it. It's the one hat I won't sign. I'll sign all baseball. I'll sign a Met hat. I'll, I'd sign an Astro. Hat. Well, I don't know about the Astros. We got to figure out if they cheated. One of the likely scenarios is still a fifty-fifty, right? Like a uh, Warnock would hold on, or if you were to lose, uh, 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 I think uh, Warnock's going to lose. Eight. I think Herschel's going to win. I'm, I'm now convinced that Herschel's oh, going to no, win. No. He weathered. That's not happening. He managed to weather this. This what should have been. I mean, the fact that he's still in it after the last couple of weeks with his own son coming out and saying what a total piece of shit he is. Uh, <laughs> he's going to win. Right. It, it, what are the chances that? The same thing happens as last time where neither candidate wins. Basically, like, uh, uh, Walker basically is hoping to hold Warnock under 50%, right, to force a runoff. Because I don't see Walker getting over 50%. Like, I just don't see any scenario where that happens. That's not going to happen. But it's plausible that Warnock also stays under, and that will force a runoff. And what if it were a 50-49 November outcome, and then the December runoff becomes a thing, and then— if that were to happen, I do think uh, more people would show up and Warnock would hold on in that scenario. Like, Walker, I guess. I weep, I, I weep for your television viewing over the next few yes, months if, which that sucks, is, yeah. if that's what happens. Yeah, but. because that, that seems likely. But no, I think Warnock is on strong ground 
uh, Abrams is is done. Yeah, I don't know. I think Warnock's going to win. I think you it's mean Walker incre- in right Walker's going to win. I think it's increasingly likely that uh, Mehmet Oz is going to win in Pennsylvania as well. JD Vance looks like he's definitely going oh, to yeah. win Vance in Ohio, and. And yeah, I don't know. It 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 doesn't look like uh, Mandela Barnes has any chance whatsoever against one of the most unlikable people in the Senate in Wisconsin against Ron Johnson. Right. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, uh, Wisconsin's going to stay as it is. Ohio will too. Are you sure about Pennsylvania? I mean, like the the top of the race, uh, the top of the ticket in the governorship race. I think that's going to drive a lot of turnout. And Fetterman's going to benefit. I mean, he's had this little medical issue, and he's been kind of they've been kind of hiding him for the last few months. But uh, I'm not sh- sure that Oz is this the same thing. Like Oz and 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 Walker, these were two gettable seats for the Republicans, but the meddling from Trump to get these. Yeah, I think I think that the general headwinds against the Democratic Party at this point are too strong, and there's nothing about the abortion question that has managed to resonate in a meaningful way nationally that's right. going to drive enough turnout for it to matter. And right. we, the, will, we will get what we usually get, which right. is a bad result for the party in power. Right. And, and I don't think that's impossible. The, the one strange thing about it is that there hasn't been any articulation as to like what the party currently out of office, at least in Congress, is going to do about any of the problems that exist, right? There's no, a lot of- that's, the, that's the stupid thing. Everyone always votes against who's in power. Right. Nothing changes, and then they vote against who's in power. Right. I don't know why anyone does anything. I don't know why you guys are still talking Right, because it. it's literally two years ago. Like You were like, okay, let's put these other people in, and then, oh, I don't like this. Let me put these other two people, this, this other group in that we just kicked out. And then two years from now, the same thing's going to happen. The other, it, like, it just seems kind of like, okay, we're just going to do this until what? Dusty uh, Baker sitting there in the dugout, who's now being shown, looks unhappy about this because, of course, he wants to get out of the inning. That's the most important thing. But he doesn't like seeing his star pitcher at 44 pitches. I think this may be the out. The first baseman looks like he has it. Yes, that's an out. We do not get to justice. We leave him on base. We waste a... We'll take a short break now, and when we come back, um, well, we'll come back in the Yankee half of the inning, and we'll come back uh, to watch the at-bat of the great Aaron Judge. Aaron Justice. <laughs> I'm getting confused between Michael Judge. All right, one more thing. No, it's time to go to sleep. Before we go here. This is a tweet, uh, a tweet a by quit? someone, a tweet, uh, a tweet by someone at Queen Veej, Q U E E N V E E J. Great follow. Uh, oh yeah, follower. <laughs> <laughs> My last time using grocery delivery, and I got a man. He started refunding stuff that I knew dang on well this store had. I was so pissed. I got in the car and went to the store he was at. Bruh was literally standing in one aisle on the phone. I decided from that day forward I was discriminating. Men can't grocery shop for me. <laughs> All right, so that's, that's just, just a simple, funny thing. Is, is, is that a feature? I mean, I haven't used any of these uh, uh, grocery things because uh, my grocery store is a stone's throw away from where I live. But 
you can like live see what the person who's gathering things is gathering? No. Okay. So how this person? No, she like, went there. She went there and she caught the the person who was gathering yeah. things. Right. So her assumption was that because what you could do is you order your thing on Instacart or whatever. And if the person who's doing the shopping for you can't find the item or the store is out of the item, then they click the button on their phone. It's like can't get it. So it's refunded to your account. Removed from the list. Yeah. Right. You're not going to get it, but you also won't be charged for it. And this upset this person to the point where she uh, got in the car and – and went to find them in the grocery store aisle, which is sort of insane behavior. That seems impossible. So that's what I'm saying. So she saw that, hey, they're removing Wonder Bread or whatever the hell, and she drove while this person was continuing to get her yeah, stuff? so Abe, if you – like what I'm imagining this person is – is a person who works from home right. and has decided to outsource their grocery shopping right. in general. Just like right. that takes me too much time. I am more productive at home. I right. will pay someone to do that yeah, for me. Yeah, it's worth it to them and to like, do that. Yeah. Now yeah. she's looking and it's like they're not out of that. Right. Like they can't be out of all of these things. So she then goes down to right. maybe she just lives across the street, <laughs> but like she's decided to outsource her grocery shopping. You know, so that's the scenario. I'm I'm uh, I'm gonna follow on this uh, uh, lady's lead. I'm gonna in the near future uh, order something at my next door Kroger, and I'm gonna be keeping an eye on my app. If I see any sort of removal, I'm gonna run over and uh, talk, dress that person down. I bring this tweet up because uh, uh, an internet character named Jorts the Cat. That's that's at Jorts the Cat. Who, uh, not an actual cat from where I got. Well, you never know, know, but, uh, this George, the cat has a quarter million or so followers on Twitter. I was not aware, not aware of them before today. The response to that tweet that I just read from George, the cat was idea, do your own grocery (laughs) shopping, right? (laughs) Now (laughs) I, I will make sure there's a link to this entire tweet thread situation on the uh on the show note i just i cannot recommend enough that people go and read the replies because the the conversation is completely fucking insane below what started as a relatively innocuous complaining about life in this modern world situation followed by george the cat making a snarky remark about it like to then just a, a cascade, a, a, an absolute waterfall of people getting mad at Jorts the Cat for being an ableist piece of shit, for not being <laughs> empathetic enough to not just the oh, not just the op, not just the person okay. who, who posted originally, but to all of the disabled people in all of the world who rely on uh, <laughs> services like Instacart and, and whatever the fuck else to, to get their groceries brought to them. And the, the trauma that is involved by people not being able to get their grocery orders correctly when they order online. Uh, it's it's absolutely wonderful. I'll, I'll try to go through and pull out some choice ones uh, to post on the show note. I don't understand. I mean, obviously, I don't understand it. But like this this insistence that everything has to be about the most biggest 
harmful thing in the world. It's like the trans thing where any conversation about uh, trans stuff ends up coming down to, uh, well, obviously you just want all of the trans kids to die, right? Like if you're on the wrong side of that conversation, then you are just in favor of trans children's suicide. And if you're on the wrong side of this stupid grocery cart conversation, then you are uh, doing material harm to people of various disability communities in meaningful ways. And like Instacart didn't exist yeah. like five fucking right. years ago. Right. So, so like, <laughs> the, I'm sorry that the world has devolved in certain ways where uh, disabled people no longer feel like they have a community around them that can, that can help them get the groceries that they need, wh- whatever services they relied upon before Instacart came into existence. But like, that doesn't, like, the, the, the fact that there are disabled people in the world doesn't justify the existence of the horrible product that is Instacart right. in terms of just like any any of the other gig economy models is wildly exploitative of the bottom tier labor. Right. Like the, the absolute cheapest common denominator, essentially, of labor that you can scrape off the bottom of the barrel from people who uh, – have to have reliable transportation and then have to use that reliable transportation to get you your groceries and are doing it at minimum fucking wage. And now you're going to go out and you're going to fucking make fun of them on the internet. Like, and, and by the way, uh, the original poster is not fucking disabled, right? Right. So like, that's the key, the, the key point here is that George, the cat was given shit to somebody who literally got in her fucking car and drove to the grocery right. store right. to, to get eyes on the Instacart shopper and that she was mad at. And it's also probably the kind of response that that was sort of wanted and expected by the original poster. Right. It's like, hey, here's this funny, dumb thing. And then a comment is, hey, here's this funny, dumb jab at you. Right. Like, it, that's yeah. all, that's normal. Right. It's the reaction to that one that's like, whoa, yeah. holy shit. By the way. Everybody calm down. Right. So, because this is, I mean, to me, it sounds like textbook, this is not about you kind of thing. Because, like, you're right. Like, you have this one person complaining about a thing. Somebody takes a dig at them. Hey, you lack perspective. You're going <laughs> to dress down some person who's barely making it by. All right. That's the whole thing. And then somebody who is either. Who, you, who is in your employ, right. by the way. Yeah. Who, yes. <laughs> that's true. It's like that, that's like a, those two. I mean, I, I will. Uh, I'll. I'll uh, I'll be glad to, to read the replies, but it seems to me at some point, because that person took a dig at this thing for the cat, I'm going to assume it's the cat now, since you guys said it could be, uh, the cat points out an obvious flaw in the argument. Uh, somebody in the reply chain made it about, hey, well, I don't have any legs or whatever, which is, you know, fine, <laughs> but that's not what this tweet is about, right? And so the the, the conversation veered way off course. Right. And the fact that you don't have legs doesn't justify the shitty business model of Instacart. Right. Sorry. Yes. Like it's like it's not what <laughs> that's not how anything works. Right. And also my favorite my favorite of all of the response tweets is that like it at, at one point like Twelve tweets into one of these bizarre side conversations that are going on about ableism. Is it ableism or not ableism? Somebody goes, what you said. They say they're arguing for the fact that George the cat is being an ableist piece of shit. And what they what they say is. 
I assume that there's a, a person behind this Jorts the Cat account who doesn't have any empathy rather than it being a cat. And the response is, uh, that sounds pretty ableist of you. Like, <laughs> the implication being that, that it's like cat ableist of you right. to say that a cat could not be on the smartphone. Making the Instacart order. And it just, both, how could we ever have Twitter? Why don't we just explode it and make it go away forever? What are we doing? And at the same time, it's like, these people are sincerely engaging with this, and this is what they're coming away with. How can I ever look away? Right. I mean, right? I would like, think a person saying that sounds very ableist of you was kidding. Right. That was the joke. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. Obviously, I think that person was joking. But, like, we can't turn it off now right. because people, they, they just reveal so much of themselves. And the, the incredible narcissism that people have at their very core, they just spend all day trying to make everything about themselves when it just has absolutely nothing to do with you. Right. My, my coping mechanism for many years was these are clearly either like bots or uh, just some people just fucking run. Nobody's actually like disabled. Somebody's just taken on that role because they see an opportunity to be dicks, right? And so like none of this is actually real. That's in my head, but I, I suspect that some of this is real. Like there are some people who are like me, 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 that me. That feeling that you have is what is like it's it, it defines what's wrong with the entire thing right, right now, right? Like not to blow it up into something bigger, but like that feeling when you when you look at a Trump supporter uh, being interviewed on the CBS Morning News or something in a, in a, in a they, they they gather half a dozen of yeah, them and they, yeah, they just want to get the opinions of real Americans, right. and it's like they start saying shit like. They, they start parroting whatever nonsense they've read on a QAnon board. Right. And your reaction, if you're a rational person who deals in general reality, you say, this person can't be real. Right. Like, it, yeah. th there's, how is it possible right. that this is a person who, who goes about their lives in the same way that I do? Right. And it's like the, – it, it's the same thing as a stupid cat yeah. thread, which is like, how can there actually be 50,000 people talking on this thread yeah. about how the cat, the internet cat, is an ableist sack of shit? Like, those can't possibly be real people. And, like, that's not a healthy way to be in right, the world, right. is to assume that, like, some significant portion of the people in the world We're aren't just actually in a simulation. real. Right. <laughs> That movie. We may have to make a switch to um, for the next game. We may have to make a switch to the um, to the iPad. A lot of comments, Mayor. America's Mayor and baseball. Hello from Germany, Mr. Giuliani. Well, no, oh, I like that. I like that a lot. That we're well. I, I have to say that Verlander just made it an official game, fifth inning. Game is now official, but it's tied, and there are no official games in the playoffs. I'll explain that at some point. You have now officially pitched a good game. Five innings, one run, three hits. That's officially a good game. So um, you've been listening to Cast Iron Brains, a podcast with Bob and Abe. Find the show on Facebook or Twitter. Head on over to brainiron.com or castironbrains.com for a show note. Make sure we slip in as much Rudy Giuliani through the night as we possibly can. Let's check in on Rudy right now, actually, see what he's... Is the game still going on? Jesus. Rudy is talking about... Oh, is he diagramming? Just tell us. <laughs> he's got a Sharpie out. This is our last chance. 
it is indeed really <laughs> mr bader is that the plate mr bader and i do believe that's strike two and the uh sirens in the background and the closer right-hand pitcher presley is on the mound he's got a uh, zero era for the playoffs which is very impressive <laughs> I'm telling no you, balls in two 42 viewers. Wow, uh, people have uh, fallen off since the beginning. Wasn't it in the thousands? It's late. <laughs> right, that's that's Rudy. Uh, <laughs> opening and closing themes broadcast. of the show were composed by Mark Gillig, T-E-T-R-A-M-E-R music.com. Abe, did you make it to the movies this week? I did. Um, the, the rough stretch of bad movies continues uh i went to go see halloween ends one of these you know ah. for a second i was talking up ho- uh, horror movies maybe i would uh, I jumped the gun on that but uh this movie was uh atrocious uh like halfway through the movie the, the you know the halloween the the new movies i think the first one was fine the halloween kills was not that good but it was whatever this one didn't make any sense because there would be scenes where the jamie lee curtis person would be like aware of the hockey mask guy or whatever, right? That they're in the house and they're reacting to the so person. William Shatner mask. William hockey Shatner mask. mask. Yeah. Yeah. The hockey Friday mask the is, the other is Freddy. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Wrong uh, horror guy. No, but it's that... Friday the 13th. Freddy Krueger is Nightmare on oh, Elm yeah, Street. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. One of those guys. Jason. The evil Jason doer. Is the, Jason is the, uh, the hockey mask guy. Okay. So the evil doer in this... Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is reacting to him in one scene, and then like half a second later, they cut to a different scene of her, just from a different vantage point, and now she's totally unaware that the crazy guy, like, it would be like these weird edits, it's like, am I like, and I'm watching this like sober, I'm like, what is happening, like, did, it's like these weird scenes, it was almost like, uh, not to, uh, Shit on M. Night Shyamalan, but it's like that movie, The 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 Happening, where they'll be like, what is, ha- is this like, there were like scenes that didn't make sense. Like people were right. acting. Are they, are they doing a bit here? Yeah. Or are they doing a thing? Yeah, right. that was the uh, the the thrust of the movie. It was nonsensical. It, but when the movie ends, they they show the 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 title card and it just says Halloween ends. And I'm like, thankfully they never do this again. Just be done with this. It didn't do that great in the. I mean, it did okay in the box office, but it's. Hopefully this is the end of it. I mean, they they won't be done with They're it. They're not done. done. It, Jamie right? Lee Curtis is done. Yes. Yeah. They should have just killed her off. She was like writing a book about her experience. Come on. What are you saying? They didn't? Spoilers, Abe. Jesus. (laughs) Yes, they did not kill her. The Rob Zombie Halloween is incredibly good. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I have not. Is it called just Halloween? It's so good. What's the title? Just like Mm -hmm. Halloween. It's a remake. It's a remake of the original. I'll be sure to watch that. It's fine. You don't have to watch it. (laughs) It's so good. We uh, we didn't watch anything. We just we watched, watched a bunch a of sports. Lot of sports. Yes, we a had lot of two sports. TVs of sports. That Tennessee Alabama game was a lot of fun. Boy, although I'm so happy for them. The outcome was incorrect. It says no, it's good. It's it's but it's not the ideal Georgia outcome. Sure. Unfortunately, would have been Alabama winning. The right. It was the righteous outcome. Be honest. I, I don't know if I've ever seen Alabama. I mean, that, those were a lot of points. That, and it was like, they were giving them up with... It was a record. It's crazy you how... You haven't seen that. And I'm like, as far as I know, like, for whatever reason, my level of concern against Tennessee in a few weeks is not that great, which is doesn't make sense. Like, you would think, if they can do this to Alabama, I know they're playing in Athens uh, and not at home uh, uh, against Alabama, but, like, 
to me, it seems like Georgia should be able to beat this Tennessee team. They don't seem to be. It's a ten and a half point favorite right now. Yeah, that seems about right. But it's weird. Like, I how thought can it they, would be seven? How can they be beating? Because uh, they, I they mean, don't let you bet on what the line's going to be, which is shitty. Yeah, I think Georgia's going to be fine. I think that you disrupt this quarterback a little bit, and I mean, obviously, you would think Alabama could have done it, but they didn't. They did not. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It so was, happy for them. Oh, what a that. lovely yeah, ending. I didn't, the main thing when I'm watching a game like this is I'm rooting against the home team because if it's like t- Tennessee, Alabama or like LSU, Florida, I, I just don't want to sure. see or Florida, Auburn is another good example. Like whoever the home crowd is there, I despise <laughs> yeah. that fan base. <laughs> I just general, don't want there to be 90,000 happy any of those but they, fans. It had been 15 fucking years. I know, I know. But think about how great it would have been for those sad sack assholes to walk out of that stadium after losing no, to Alabama. It would have been great. It, I would have been about oh. as happy, I think, as I am in a different way. But, like, I am so happy for that Tennessee crowd. No, fuck that. Also, uh, very <laughs> revealing of the deficiencies of the program overall that Tennessee is now charging and, and like storming the field after a win and then carting the goalposts right. off to tearing to down m- your own goalposts is a very weird instinct. March them through the city and dump them in the river. Like that means that like the Tennessee of 19 of, like Peyton Manning's Tennessee oh, wouldn't yeah. have done such but a thing because they were they were good then. Right. The obvious thing is that they've been bad for a very long time now. Right, but at least they're not pretending that they weren't bad you know we're above this we we're, we've been there before no you haven't not recently uh celebrate like uh you're some random appalachian state like you should celebrate like that <laughs> at least for this first win uh and then if you do it again in the future years that's a rough schedule for tennessee freaking alabama and georgia in the same year and they had to yeah. play like some random big 10 team team also like pittsburgh or something i don't know they had a pretty tough schedule that was it was Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean they but they play Alabama every year. Like that's yeah. what sucks for them. I mean they play do they play Alabama? I mean they play Yes, third Saturday in September. Yeah, Alabama is their okay, they're, they're conference one rival, yeah. Constant. I mean, who knows anymore going right. forward, but right. like Anyway, we didn't watch anything except we didn't sports really this watch weekend. Anything. We watched, we the, watched the, the Dragons. The Dragon Incest Dragons. Uh kind of a shitty episode in my opinion of the this episode 9 did not live up to episode eight's promise or past episode nines in this franchise right because like in the past mm-hmm. episode nine they would at least do something it seems like they're saving all the stuff they're going to do this season for the very last episode which is a weird choice because again they're not going to do this again or for like two season. years yeah i mean no if, yeah. they, if they drag it yet again that would be uh very concerned they, somebody big has to die so, one of those goofy characters on the side somebody's gotta die I mean, is there anything even to talk about with this? I mean, I guess a lot happened, right? So if uh, yeah, the king finally fucking dies, and then the, there's this fake, this like it's very fake juice that this, that they were coming up with we to just dr- not talk about to drive it. the energy of the show this this week, which is this weird contest between Allison and her father to track down prince aegon first to be the first one to whisper in his ear about what the about what's about to happen like for no reason well, the, like they all live in the same fucking house right like ultimately the same thing is going to is going to happen one way or another and allison's insistence that she both wants to do the thing which is to depose the rightful heir but also not kill her right. is just an absurd wish casting that I guess they're trying to paint her in a more favorable light. But no, like, I think that makes sense. She's always seemed like 
somewhat weirdly reasonable, even though she's bad, for them to say, like, obviously we get rid of Rhaenyra. And she's like, no, that's fucked up. You can't do that. Right, but also that's the only thing that can po- – like, it's the only possible yeah, outcome. she just doesn't <laughs> like that. Yeah. Right, but um, – Also, what was with the foot fetish yes, thing? Yeah, like that fuck? was – I could have done without that. That was weird. Uh, I guess they're trying to drive the point home that this Alicent – like, you know, her dad's grooming her for this old geezer king, and she's getting raped by that guy. And then this new fucking guy uh, is like, oh, I'll trade you information for, like, your feet or whatever. Like <laughs> – I guess they're trying to draw this like like all the men in her orbit are extracting things from her and she doesn't have any agency. I don't know if that's the the angle they're going for, but like, again, I could have done without that scene. I was like, oh, no. Why is she showing I I saw some people online complaining that uh, the the trope of the disabled person being a sex creep is uh, is unfortunate. (laughs) But like... I'm sorry. It's television. We got to take some shortcuts here. (laughs) I wonder where the uh, all that energy for that jihad documentary was. Like, oh, you guys are not these ableists are basically misconstruing the the people with the foot issues, and they're like, oh, this is bullshit, giving us some sort of weird. Yeah, and like, is he into feet because he has a weird foot? Yeah, it's the lowest possible like Freudian nonsense. Like, oh, I've got a club foot, so I'm really into the queen's feet. Also, and like they set it up, but when do people take shoes off in that show? Right. Like in a way, it was really inappropriate for her to be taking her shoes off around him. Right. That was the point. She was trading. The whole point is that he comes to her when. Oh, like she knows he's being creepy. Yeah, she knows. Didn't she use the same language when uh, Old Man King was like, eh, I'm a little whatever and she's like oh the it's late in the night or something she kind of used the same language when he was showing right. up a dude shows up in up her a dude shows up in her room and oh come on with the boners right. it's late <laughs> that is i'm telling you a rough uh, i don't know what i don't know if she died at the i don't know what happens to these people um in future seasons but like she's got this weird relationship with the king her dad is just almost like prostituting her out this weirdo now comes along killing people just taking the lead on oh i thought you wanted me to kill all of these people and i did and her right. oldest son who's going to be king is like a rapist and total piece of just- shit and they they would have gone a long way with me with her if she had acknowledged at any point in this hour what a total fucking piece of shit her son is, right? Like, I, I guess yeah. she has the best, most optimistic hopes about, like, uh, maybe he'll mature now that he's being made the king and I can do my best to guide him. But, like, he's a psychopath <laughs> who is, like, known about town right. to fight children to the death, right? right? Like, like he I'm, goes right. and watches a cockfighting ring that's not cocks but is instead, in fact, just poor children and watches children fight to the death and a Apparently, some of them might be his own bastard children, uh, by the way. Right, right, So like, this right. is like an unimaginably bad human being that this she is. This is why I like Eyepatch. Oh, yeah. Eyepatch is the good yeah. one. I mean, he's also a complete psychopath and sociopath. But a more productive right. Tywin Lannister kind. Right. He's, like he's that, a good uh, kind. The, the, uh, the Damon guys, like, they seem to be like the same guy, like those two. Yeah, but, they're the same. Right, but like. 
yeah, hoping that your crazy rapist uh, oldest son is going to moderate with absolute power is asking for a lot. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's take the spoiled brat and give him absolute power and hope that that turns things around killed. for like, him. He'll probably get killed yeah. in the next episode. Uh, yeah, hope- that guy is not long for this universe. Right. Or, you know, there's no justice in this world, so I think he'll live forever. What did you think about the end where the cousin, the Rainus or whatever. queen who never was, Yeah. Come first of all, this this show is a very low opinion of the common folk. Uh, <laughs> it must it must be said. Not only are they a a, a disgusting rabble who have uh, no rights and no real rationality to them whatsoever, and no 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 distinguishing characteristics as individuals, but also uh, they're so stupid that you just gather them in a hall and you're like, hey, this guy's your king, and they all, all right. they just clap and they're just so happy to be there. Oh, well, thank you. You. To be they're fair, they're just grateful it's not a woman. Right. To be fair, I mean, think about it from their point of view. They're going about their little miserable lives, and they're being sh- like sheep, just oh, move in this direction, right? And you walk in, well, fucking right. look what happened when the queen died in England. Right. Everyone freaked they're, out. They're probably just relieved that it wasn't just like dragon feeding right. day. And they're that's, relieved that's, that's, that it wasn't a woman. Right, but and, and again, yeah, that's why they were happy. And, and the story tracks. Let's say you're not. You're like one of these. Uh, unaware uh, uh, citizens of this place, right? And you show up and somebody's like, that old man who was a king, he's dead. Very plausible, logical, okay. The oldest son, a boy of his, is now king. Also, like, okay. I mean, they don't know any of the backstory. They're not, it's not like on reality right. television. They're like, no, 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 no. Uh, Renera, uh, whatever, you know, it's like, okay. And then some fucking dragon comes from underneath and they're dead. It's like... Right, and then, <laughs> and then so the, the, the cousin... Pops up from underneath the floor and like kills just dozens of people all at once. Just, By the way, there's a lot of complaining about these dead non characters on the internet. They don't exist. I mean, it's like a video game we're watching. Does anybody care about any collateral damage? Well, no, to- nobody cares. It's just the the disregard that right. both the show and the and the lead characters on the show right. have for the rabble is was very amusing to me. Right? Do you uh, think that- should she just should she just have Dracarist those motherfuckers right. and been done? with it so like that's the obvious thing right like except that we have to have a television show for the next four years but like i can't think of any good reason why she didn't just uh burn them all and then go get rhaenyra if that was sort of the plan because now now there's going to be a fucking war right. and like obviously the other part of war is that we don't care about the common people because that they're the ones who do the fighting right. so like maybe that's what the thought was in 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 her mind, right. like, uh, I don't care if there's a war or not. Right. Do you, again, I don't care about these side characters, but in, in this universe, like, for you to do that, right? I'm sure there was another way out, right? A little backdoor action, get out of there and fly away. Uh, no, she needed to do that. She ne- yeah, but if you're going to do that, it can't just be for, like, uh, standoff and leave. Like, you have to have intended to destroy them, and then maybe some sort of motherly thing. Like, No, she wanted to make the guy b- f- smell the dragon yeah. breath. Right, she's just she's just <laughs> trying to make a point. And sometimes, when you want to make a point, you've got to kill, like, 79 <laughs> random fucking residents of the capital city. Who it's she just was what among, too. That's the funny thing. Like, she was also being like, oh, walk in. So she's... right. <laughs> <laughs> not not five minutes earlier. Yeah, but she's smart and rich, so she got the fuck out, got her dragon, right. breathed, and then 
out. Right. And whomever was like trying to get her out of town, like, oh, the don't worry about that dragon of yours. It's heavily guarded. She just like sneaks in, like, up. Oh. That's right. That's, <laughs> well, that's, that's, just where that's just where they'll expect you to go. Like, oh, yeah, good point. And then she goes down there and gets her fucking dragon anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway. Uh, but they can salvage the yeah. I think uh, the ninth episode wasn't as strong as the eighth. Uh, but they can clean it up in the tenth. Just kill a bunch of people, actual people. No, you don't even no need faker. to. We're all gonna watch it. Yes, that's true. I mean, it needs to be a good. They need to go out strong if they're not gonna hold our attention for the next two fucking years. Right? right? Yeah. It's got, they what else do are we something. gonna do? Honestly. Anyway, you uh, got anything else for us tonight, Abe? Nope. I guess that's all we've got for tonight, then. We will talk to you next time. Later. Did you happen to watch the new John Oliver piece? I haven't watched any John Oliver in the last couple of years. What was it about? Transgender rights. That sort of thing. Is this a uh, new episode? You haven't touched that topic in the past? I believe it's the second time that they've done it, yeah. Okay. That the whole thing is just a moral panic, basically, is what his position is. Gotcha. That there's absolutely nothing to worry about when it comes to... No, uh, no light pushback? Like, ah, it's inappropriate in certain settings, like nothing to that effect? No, just pure, smug sanctimony about how anyone who has anything negative to say about transitioning young children is just being a fucking insane psychopath. There's no moral ambiguity here whatsoever. I got so mad watching it. <laughs> I got, got... <laughs> the format didn't uh, throw you off. Like, it's kind of the same beat. Like, I, that's why I'm like, I'm going to circle back and watch the episodes, but I think I watched like one too many episodes in a row. I'm like, you know, it's like literally beat for beat the same kind of show every show right and it's written by i mean like i happen to know one of i don't know one of the writers but oh. like one of the writers for this show is someone who i've followed for 12 like 12 years or something in the world like he used to write nope, for kidding. he wrote for cracked.com when cracked was a good website he's like my favorite person that exists on the planet wow but he's just a comedy website guy right like he's just uh like he's funny and i love his pop culture stuff but the idea that like like it it make it checks out perfectly like the level of how much actual rigor are we going to put into this is going to be the same amount as we're going to get by hiring a bunch of people who used to write for the website crack.com like, like right. it's they're, they're just you cannot Honestly, say out loud, giving children a puberty blocker is just hitting the pause button and it can be resumed at any time and there are no lasting impacts. You can't say that with a straight face unless you're lying. Like, it's just. Is that what was said? On yes, the it's what was said. And that, that to suggest otherwise just makes you a moral monster. Like, it, it just. I can't believe that that's what. Like, that's. It's a widely shared and accepted part of the culture, this fucking sanctimonious horseshit that has no connection to reality whatsoever. And that just by raising your voice in opposition to it, you're a bigot. It's like, wow. We could put a sub-name for Yankee Stadium or something, you know, the Giuliani Yankee Stadium or something. We could do that. I don't know how the Yankees would feel about that, but... <laughs>